Max RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello, and welcome to Season 19, Episode 19 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Gina. This is Jeb. I'm Jason. No Stork today. Stork has the sniffles. We killed Stork. Uh, we killed him. But also, thank you, All Stork, for keeping your cold at yes. home. Yes. Yes. Appreciate it. Yes, we don't want your plague. Yeah. In oh, this, Did you want that, or is that for me? You can, I don't, is that for that's, me? No, for you, because you asked yep. for a you writing, for a writing implement. In this episode of Happy Jokes Review Podcast, we will discuss sidebars, note passing, and other methods of keeping PC secrets. Axel sends us a story <coughs> about his gaming youth. Eric from New Jersey has some L5R woes. Zach from Chicago writes in about fixing boring combat. And Manuel writes in about creating a group. But before we go on to that, <coughs> if yes. you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. I muted your mic if you need to cough more. No, I'm good now. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're on tweeters. Tweeters. Uh, happyjacksrpg, all one word, and also Instagrams, happyjacksrpg, all one word. If you want to watch us live, you can watch us every Friday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time, happyjacks.org slash live, where you will find links to the YouTubes and to the Twitches. And, uh, and all the fun places. And all the fun things. And hello, chat room. There are chat room people there. It's hey, nice chatters. to see you. Hey, chatters. And uh, that's, that's it for <laughs> that. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to happyjacks.org slash Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Mm. We put up fun stuff for our Patreons. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yeah. Uh, Good stuff. Diaries, articles. Games. Yep. Electronic stuff, little assistance, strange pictures, right? Yeah, strange pictures, yeah. especially. So, in our last session of Blood, Blade, and Tusk, which happened on Sunday, and the and the um, the actual play is up. I think it went up on Tuesday or Wednesday. <coughs> I'm very coffee today. The um, we had a moment where Gina's character, who has a secret. Mm-hmm. Had something to do, and so I did what I almost always do in games: is ask. I w- what I would normally do if it wasn't an actual play is say, "Hey, Gina, let's step outside, right?" right? And we'll just go but and have a quick sidebar. Sidebar. More practical to do it here with the microphones, with mics, and the cameras. It's right. like, can everyone else click and go on? And I'll call you back. And it, I don't know. It was probably five minutes. I'm guessing maybe ten, yeah, but okay. not long. I wasn't right. counting. So, um, and then there were some people in the chat room who were like. Oh, uh, you shouldn't have to clear the room. You should, they, should, they should just not metagame. Well, and it brought up an interesting question. Yeah, yeah. it's right. really good. Yeah, a lot of people do handle this really differently. Right. Yeah. And um, you know, for me, for my part, I'm I'm in that uh, that camp where the players are they're all there to enjoy the story as much as yep. me, the game master, let's say. And so, I'm a firm believer in. In character knowledge and out of character knowledge are firewalled, and I, I trust the players to keep that separately. Right. And um, I know some. I, I think maybe it was you were saying you you like the idea of being surprised as well. Absolutely. Um, but and, and uh, let me let me preface this yeah. with, for for those of you in the chat room know who you are. There, there is no right or wrong here. Mm-hmm. I don't think right. there's a right way or a wrong way to do it. Yeah. And I think what we're going to find out it's going to come down to what you prioritize. 
is yeah. being important in your game. Yeah, and at your <clears throat> table too. Yeah, yeah. like that's yeah. the thing that's and in the moment. Well, <clears throat> and the other thing we talked about is this is not personal. So this isn't about Gina shouldn't have or should have or so I don't feel like that at all with this conversation. It's I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. Okay, but we do all know Gina was wrong. That's Ex- the, except for no. those of us, you're who sitting are, in the wrong place. <laughs> those of us who are correct, <laughs> totally it was, kidding. I'm totally kidding. awesome. No, I know you are. Okay, it's, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead with They're this. saying interesting things in the chat room, so I was like, because <laughs> sure. uh, I will Londo your head <laughs> I, as uh, rightfully so, rightfully so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I enjoy um, you know, like when the audience sees the killer's face. In, in a TV show or something And everyone's like Oh my god We know who it is And the detective Hasn't figured it out And right. they're going around she's interviewing everybody Yeah Tim He did it right. We all know Like I think That's as much fun As an episode Where they do, We don't know Who did it You know um, Go ahead well, oh, you, you, you had I do thought, you I have thoughts face. I have thoughts But okay. go ahead Okay um, So for me At my table I don't like Player secrets, character secrets are great. Yeah, but I don't like player secrets because I've been at so many tables where things devolved into player uh, characters fighting. I've never had players fight each other, but I've had characters. We, hope we should hope not. <laughs> wind up fighting each other, right. <laughs> and for me, that is the most tiresome, time wasted. Like it is the least fun thing. That could happen mm-hmm. at an RPG table, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and I know lots of people love that. And in fact, they encourage it, and they they will set up special. Yeah. And, and again, the game you're playing might be dictating that to some degree. Like well, vampire encourages sure, that sort of absolutely, thing. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that's probably why I don't play vampire. Is I'm well, there to play a cooperative game where the characters are essentially all wanting to do the same thing right. and um, stabbing each other in the back. It's not fun for me, but if that's what you know, if that's what your table enjoys, then by all means, you should do that and keep secrets and pass notes and have people step out and and do that. Oh, definitely. I just the chat room said a couple things. I thought we should. Uh, first of all, the real great worm says there's got to be a right way. So <laughs> let me go check and see what Fear the Boot says. Okay. Uh, and Forrest says I punch the best. So what I say is right, and my <laughs> left fist says. Do sidebars away from everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm for, for me, and I don't play as often as a lot of other people do. I tend to GM more, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but <clears throat> I like to get immersed in the character to the point where not like immersed, like like uh, a, an actor using and the method, method, method yeah. acting, yeah. <laughs> but. I like to, I want to know what my character knows and I don't want to know what my character doesn't know. And to me, I like those surprises. I like that moment where I find out, oh, so-and-so is this. Now, a lot of times, to be completely honest, those big reveals rarely are as dramatic and surprising <laughs> as big reveals we think they're going to be. Big reveals rarely have the impact well, that you hope they're going to have. And in part because of something you already kind of referenced without saying it, and Jason said a little bit, that it was pretty obvious something was going on okay. uh, because you and I started slacking more. Bars and and right. I, that thing I said I was going to do, I'm doing that thing. Mm. Right. And so it becomes sort of... right. Uh, not but I mean, if I was room, a player in that game, I still don't know yeah. what it is. I just know that you got some some Thing kind of secret. On. Yeah, you, know you I mean? got stuff going mm-hmm. on, and 
I, I have to say that I am firmly in both camps mm-hmm. because I like both of these answers at different times. Mm. Um, like right now, as a player, I know what what Gina's character's deal is, mm. but but I don't know what is exactly going on right, right. now. <clears throat> Um, so both of those things are pretty cool. Um, I think that it's situational, and I think a number of things get involved mm-hmm. in it. Among them, how are your players going to react? Can your players, can the players that you have sitting at the table, separate these two things? If they can, okay. If, but if they can't, then you kind of have to... M- do that for right. them. Well, I, I, for me, the sidebar doesn't come down to, to trusting players to not metagame. I, I assume players are going to do their damnedest to not metagame. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I mean, I've, I've played with people in the past who don't, and that's a bummer. But yeah. for the most part, most of the people we play with, all of the people we play are at least going to try, are not going <clears throat> to yeah. metagame unless it's on some weird subconscious level. And that's right. one of the things that. It, it, what do we call it? Schrodinger's metagaming? Uh. <laughs> it's like, okay, I now suddenly know this secret about Gina's character. But yeah. I had this idea of something I was going to do. But if, if, if what if, but if, what I know of Gina's character, that's going to thwart what she was going to do. But are people going to think I'm doing that yeah. because oh. of that? Or, but I came up with the idea before that, so before I'm really not. Oh. And, or, 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 or if I came up with it after, did I come up with that idea because I know that? Or you start, start second guessing what you're metagaming so, and what you're not. And, and here's how I think you have to make that decision: Does the thing whether whether you're metagaming or not at this? The simple question is: Does the thing I'm about to do contribute to the game? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Okay. If okay, I found out as a player that you know Gina's character's doing something. And I had an idea for a way that I could make could possibly, you know, make that cool, make that fun, mm-hmm. and, and in a positive, in, in a collaborative, positive way, put myself into it. Positive metagaming. Positive, right? Okay, um, that's cool. Now, mm-hmm. if I if it's going to be no, I'm going to to screw with G- what Gina's doing. That's a bad. That's a bad plan. That's a. But guess what? That was assholery anyway, and yeah. it was going to be a bad plan either way. Yeah, right. Well, and one of the things I liked, though, was that I guess that it, a full carte blanche gives you the right to f- fuck with me any way that, that meant made sense to him and made for fun story. Mm-hmm. Whether that, do you know what I mean? What, in a way that he couldn't have done if we were all in the room? No, in in a way that I guess would have been okay. So here's where it started. Uh, maybe I, I'll talk about this for a second um, because I've never really done it to that extent either. Like I've had character motivations that I'm not sharing, mm-hmm. but not big, you know, like sure. big secret, and they end up being like sort of obvious when you're playing with people, even in Vampire. Um, where you have aspirations and you have things going on, at some point when you're trying to engage certain characters and do certain things, people are going to suss out what you're trying to do. So for me, I've never really done anything like this. Like, I think the biggest deal I ever had was I played a changeling in a game once 
where everyone thought my character was human and I was totally uh. trying to telegraph it and no one ever guessed, nor did they care. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but in this game, I had kind of come up with a character concept and I, I love the setting as we all do and we've talked about it, but there is there's some pretty serious religious meatiness to the setting. And I, I don't go for playing hyper-religious or kind of characters like a zealot. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is awesome. I want to totally play this character that hates orcs, thinks orcs are abominations. Because, you know, it's like these demons came on into Western Europe, yeah. took over a bunch of land, ki you know, presumably killed people. Um, yeah. So I want to play that character. And then what happened? Well, we. Well, I drink. Yeah, I, well, I wanted to play an orc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went, oh, okay, I should probably rethink my character a little bit. And then I went, or maybe. Or she could be quietly super racist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like a lot of people. Or not yeah, quiet, no, I know what you mean. So I thought, well, maybe I change a little bit about what I thought about the character, but maybe I do keep this hyper religious, very devout character who whose allegiance really is to the. You know the Western Roman Catholic mm -hmm. Church, and not, not any lord or government or political organization. It's more about that, right. and that's kind of where then this character sort of spun into right. a different direction. Yeah, I just had an interesting thought because we have both sides of the spectrum going on yeah. at the, at that table. Because you have a secret that nobody knows about. Yeah. yeah. I have a secret that everybody knows about. Yeah, That's exactly. That's true. Right. And that none of our characters know. None of your characters know about. And if any of your characters... Well, you and Stork could find out, and it'd, it'd probably be okay. It would, but it but would if be she impactful. finds out, yeah, I am so boned. Right. Yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. going to spit you and cook you. Yeah. yeah. Let's find an Inquisitor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, one of us is going to end up having to die. Yeah. If, if that happens. Um well, that that I don't think that's necessarily true, because there is such a thing as character growth. Yeah, sure. But one, both no, of us are going to have absolutely. to grow a fair grow a fair bit before we got to that point. Sure. And if if that happens before we get there, mm. you know, I, to me, one of the big things that can make this work, whichever way you like doing it, and I say this about a lot of different things in yeah. gaming, is talking about the environment you want at your table ahead of time. Yeah. Like, sit yeah. down with your players, GMs. The, the players can't bring this up because it's a super awkward thing to bring up. So, GMs, you have to sit down with your players. I would say this is the right answer. Sit down and talk to your players and talk about what your right. secrets environment is. Right. Yeah, right? well, it's it's part of the, the implicit contract of play. Right, but I think it having explicit. Yeah, I think yeah. having an explicit yeah. conversation no, about I think so too, guys. Though. A bunch of you have secrets, yeah. and we're going to pass notes to deal with that. That's how I like to run the table, and that's how we're going to do things. And we're going to keep secrets that your characters wouldn't know, and that's how oh, I want to sure. do it. Or how personally how I like to do it. I'm going to say, guys, we're going to all our secrets are out on the table, and. Um, you know, that's just, I don't like passing notes. I don't like taking people in the other room. So I don't want to do it. Yeah. So just so you know ahead of time. It certainly makes for a faster game. Well, yeah, yeah. it doesn't take that much yeah. time, though. The, I, and the only time it, that becomes a problem is people have, when the player has knowledge of things going on in the game that their character doesn't have, and they inadvertently slip. They don't mean to. Well, sure, but I've had that happen. And ev most of the time, everybody in a very friendly way says, 
Now, I don't think your character knows that, right? And I, you know, like we, we even just this yes. week on BBT, we were talking about something like yeah. that of like, and it's come up what, in masks. Yeah, and like I know somebody did a thing, but my character didn't see it, and I, I think it was me. Somebody had to go. Wait, oh, yeah, I don't think Korat actually saw that, and, you're, and I was like, oh yeah, you're right, and that's okay. To, like I think that's an okay conversation to have sure at the table. Um, and th- and then the flip side of. Knowing all the secrets, which I like, is half the time for me, I end up, like, if I know, um, let's say, like, my current theory is that Gina's character is actually a Catholic assassin, um, and she's, like, an assassin for the Roman Catholic Church or something, Mm -hmm. like, that's what I hope is true, um... I've actually decided not to listen to this week's episode. I always oh, sit down okay. and listen to them, right. and I'm like, "Well, I mean, this is how our table's doing it, so I, I want to respect that process." Um, but when I do know, and let's say I happen to know that she's an assassin for the Roman Catholic Church, um, I would actually put myself in like reasonable character steps, right, of things my character would reasonably do. But I would actually put my character at risk or in danger of. Oh, make yourself a target in yeah, however to, way. Right. To give rise to possible role-playing moments because that is just as fun for me. That it's not, I guess that's a form of positive metagaming, or, or not yeah. positive, it's metagaming. But um, to me, the exciting thing is what these characters do together. Sure. Right? And I, so anything that can make that happen more is what I'm well, excited about. and that's what I think, uh, I don't know, two or three things. One is that... Um, I think there are a lot of genres where that this can come up. You play an espionage game, you play a heist game, you play any sort of sort of you know song of ice and fire. There are uh, not just vampire. There are going to be people at the table that potentially have double cross, you know, uh, all all sorts of stuff. Paranoia. That, yeah, that <laughs> might be counter to what Paranoia other people at so the table great. have going on. And I do think, like you. Jason, I really enjoy... In fact, we talked about this, I think, on Sunday, probably on camera, maybe. Um, I really enjoy all the parts of the game, and I don't care if I'm not in a scene for 45 minutes, an hour, because I enjoy that just as much. And like you said, I really do trust the people at the table. Like like Stu said, every once in a while, there might be somebody that you know tends to metagame, and that's a bummer. Mm -hmm. But I have seen... And this isn't why I made that decision. I guess I just thought it was such a big character thing that, I don't know, I just didn't want to spell it out initially, and I knew it would come up. And um, But I think there are times that players in character will start to say they don't trust the character or they wouldn't tell that character this thing, and they wouldn't. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I think it's hard sometimes to separate yourself from yeah. the, the meta story that you know is going on right. and the actual and, role play. And sometimes it can be um, a total miscommunication. Like we had one of those Sunday as well. Because from where Azim was positioned, mm-hmm. okay, um, I was under the impression that Azim could, had seen, had seen um, Adeste go into... That's my, oh, that's my impression as well. Hey, and come back out. But there's no way I could have. She made a stealth roll. Oh, and she oh. was successful. Oh, okay. There is no way yeah. I could have seen yeah. that. She got lost in the uh, vineyard somewhere. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, 
So I made character decisions based on that understanding that were not really valid. Right. Because of that. So um, I will retcon that without saying any anything else about it. Okay. Um, for our next session. I actually don't have a problem with that either. And I and I honestly don't have a problem with all that uh, my character sheet being completely like we could talk about it freely. I have no problem with that. Um, that's because that's the, a, I mean I mean I, I don't the, the the reason I do it is because yeah. as a player myself that's yeah. kind of my preference. It's well, like in the Tomorrow Legion yeah. thing. We fought something. I, no, I missed this last session, but the session before we fought these things and they look like I don't know Kind of like they look like giant mechanized lolths. Careful about spoilers. That was like almost two weeks ago now. I assume it was a month. Yeah, two that. weeks for but sure. But we fought them. Yeah, and I'm like four months behind. And <laughs> and now it may have had something to do with the fact that we weren't playing the rules right. I'm not sure yet, but um, <laughs> but my my railgun was not doing as effective as I was hoping it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Now that also may have been. Dave saying, "I want this thing to happen." So, but who knows? Um, but then on the forum, they start. We were talking about some of the things we fought, and people said, "Oh, well, the thing you fought um, at the stadium, which was like a couple of sessions uh-huh. before that, was one of these things." And I'm like, "Okay, I'm not even going to look that up. I don't like. I don't like. The guy doesn't know that. All he wants to yeah. do is go out and meet people and enjoy the company of a lady once in a while mm-hmm. and." Yeah, and be a hero. He doesn't hmm. a big goddamn hero. It's t- terrible details. I don't need them. <laughs> so, so, and then I, I basically stopped reading that thing because I was afraid they were going to start to say what the other, the next thing we thought was because uh, I don't want to know. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, had an interesting, uh, semi-related occurrence last night. I was on an, on another podcast, and we were talking, and I made the observation that the players in in our games would, you know, totally embrace the negative side of their hindrances. We're talking about Saturn. And uh, uniformly, all of the other people on the on the podcast said, that's because you have special, spectacular players. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah. yeah that's the true. negatives are a lot of fun. That's maybe the most fun. I, You know, I wonder if this is a related piece or unrelated, but something that occurs to me in, in just having pre-conversations that I, I think are important... When we set up the Desert of Despair um, story, mm-hmm. I intentionally let everyone know, look, the, at least this chapter, you know, in the very beginning, our eight-week run, I said, there's a bunch of undead. <laughs> We're rolling yeah. up new characters. Most of what you fight is undead. Don't take a bunch of poison effects. That's, yeah. that's metagaming. That's, that's me that metagaming my players. But yeah. to the effect of having everyone... Make something of like, oh, I'm going to make a poison assassin guy, and like, buddy, you are not going to have fun. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that's that's a version of I, I think where I'm what I'm not explaining well is like getting to that part of metagaming that can help the game, mm-hmm. um, right. where like, well, you don't I I don't like the the gotcha moment of like, oh, you didn't play the rule right, or you didn't pick the yeah. right weapon, or you know, like that's just not fun. That's like, no fun. Where, um, and it's important to remember that at the end of the day, we're playing a game. Right. Uh, beers. <laughs> They're playing a drinking game. Oh. I wish I could give you beers, but <laughs> thumbs up. The, I think. I don't. Know, it, for me, it's just a, a personal preference of I want to. I want to be surprised. I want to. I want to just figure this stuff out on my own. It's like, 
even even like in game, I could go because we're at whatever the name of Castle Refuge mm-hmm. or whatever. I could go in and say to librarians and say, "Hey, what's that thing that just came in here? Oh, it's this." Blah 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 blah. Sure. If they know. Well, let me ask you: in, If you were playing Desert of Despair with us, would you have wanted to know to not take poison stuff? If it's something that where the character's going to like become almost completely ineffective, yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, because otherwise it seems so. like a dick move. Yeah, I mean, so I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, but th- then again, when I'm when I'm running games for the most part, I don't know what the first session's going to be mm-hmm. until I see the characters. Mm-hmm. So I get the characters yeah. first, and then I look at them and say, "Okay, what what could I do that would make all of these people?" Yeah, that's usually what I have when I'm running a game that's not so on the rails. But right. since we had a fixed time frame and we yeah. were trying to you know rush right. through a, a module idea, then that was I wanted to stay relatively focused. Right. right. Well, and I think I don't. Uh, this maybe relates. Uh, it kind of relates to what Jason and I both said, which actually to uh, Stork, I think 100 percent agrees with you, Stu. He, um, he's an old, he's an old guy gamer, and yeah. that's—I mean—that's what a lot, a lot of old D and D. That's what it was mm-hmm. in in the old days. Yeah, that was totally my stick. Sure, mm-hmm. for the game, um, to the point where I would even there were um, campaigns where it was like, I'm rolling all the dice. I am the GM. I'm I'm rolling all of the dice. You just do what, <laughs> do you, and I'm I'm gonna take care of the mechanics back here, and you don't worry about that. Yeah, and. You know, would I do it today? No, I wouldn't do it today. But those games actually went really well. Mm-hmm. They they were solid games. But like uh, I, we were talking about pet peeves, Jason and mm-hmm. I, uh, on Sunday, and because one of my things also, we were talking about crosstalk. Yeah. And actually, there were a bunch of people in the chat to this. Master Vidar. Oh. Oh, right Cheers. on. Cheers. Oops. Thank you. And I happened to notice at that time without getting yelled at. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's good. Because um, I, I don't like cross-talk at the table, like cross-RP, for exactly the reason you and I were discussing, where I it's not because I'm upset that those people are trying to do a thing. I want to know what, as a yeah. player, not as a you character. You want to see that thing happen. Yeah, that's yeah. my entertainment. So, like... If you and Jib are having yep. a scene, I'm going to wait yes. before I talk to Stu because one, I'm yep. interested. Two, we can't really have two conversations at once, especially in a recording. Yeah, right. But, right. You know, it's yeah. Yeah, and 100, <coughs> percent I find that enjoyable. Um, so I think that is part of what I found since this is the first time I've actually had a character with a big chunk. It's it's more than half, or at least half of the character is. Off camera, right? Um, and I think what's—I don't disappointing is not the right word, but I think what is not as fun about doing that is you don't get to have those scenes. Mm-hmm. You don't get to be like, I am one step back. I'm a player with my friends playing a cool ass game, yeah. and I'm, and it's like, oh, holy shit. That yeah. thing is going to go down, um, and you don't get to do that at the table with people. Not that it's a big surprising reveal, but just their scenes that maybe you know. And that was I remember somebody in the chat room actually mentioning that too, where it's like uh, I think there were all more people in the chat room that night that actually said they like the secret <laughs> versus the not secret. Um, but I don't know. I, I kind of am very torn about it, yeah. and it was a decision I made, but it's like, 
I guess I kind of thought at some point, too, it's going to be pretty obvious, and then at that point, you know, you just play the game. But, like, you can't, Stu, and it's not just because it's a podcast. You can't, for every little thing I want to do, you can't have people leave the room and oh, have no. a stew shed. No, and, so, and this was the first time we've done it. Oh, for sure. And it's kind of because it was a... It was a scene. It was a big scene. It was yeah. a scene that needed to happen. Um, instead of just you doing a thing, it's a scene. Yeah, and I think, so two things. One is just a player in a game, and one is as a person on an actual play. Um, I miss, if you had a big secret, you know, if Korat, uh, the, the orc shield maiden, had a big secret, I would probably enjoy seeing that and watching that play out. But the second part is, when you're talking about an actual play, there is a huge portion of that char- that particular 25% of the table character that's happening via Slack. That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. So then those folks, I and mean, Stu and I talked about doing like a forum thread that was just to explain kind of what was happening behind the scenes and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But it does become like a less nuanced character or a less three-dimensional character because there's stuff that's not happening on screen. Or, well, it doesn't. It's a nuanced character. It's just not everyone sees yes. the nuance. Yeah, Do like. you think that sure. that it presents more of a problem because we're doing it on air? Well, I'll tell you what happened. <clears throat> yeah. When you guys left, I explained to the chat room exactly what was going on. Who her character was. And, yes. and what was tra- transpiring. Spilled all the beans. Spilled all the and, beans. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's awesome. Blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. Right? So though, I kind of see that almost like when you're watching Game of Thrones or anything like that. And, you know, suddenly you realize, oh, the guy who we thought was so-and-so's friend is actually the evil guy behind this whole plot. Oh, that's fantastic. Right? You see that as the mm-hmm. as the viewer like you were talking about, right. but none of the other none of the other characters or actors see that yeah. as it happens. That's fair. That's fair. <clears throat> yeah, I no. think um, my personal preference of doing it the way I like to do it is definitely born of growing up teenager twenties. I ran Shadowrun. That was my first RPG. I skipped right past D and D until like third and a half edition or mm-hmm. something. Um, so I was always playing in these high tech. You know, futuristic. Where settings. intrigue is part of the deal. Yeah, and I had in one campaign, two people separately came and said, "Hey, I want to play this corporate undercover agent, a and, and I want to play a Lone Star undercover cop yeah. in the same group." Right. Yeah. Right. And they were gonna like how many people track in this the group? group? It was like four or five. <laughs> so half the group. <laughs> yeah. Is this? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, cool. That sounds like a fun character stuff." But in the course of everything unfolding. One, I mean, maybe it was the quality of players, and we were all teenagers or in our twenties or whatever, and you know. But it was, um, it led to so many hurt feelings. But then also stuff like I should have gotten um, insight roles to see that this person was lying about everything for That's the last six months. Yeah. Like really, okay, so now we have to roll insight roles every time you have you a know, conversation. Here, here's my my spin and, on that particular point. And that is that if you as a player did not did not bring something up and feed to that role somehow in, in your play, I'm not going to ask you for it. Because, you know, you've got to give me some indication that the character is 
twigging on to something. Suspicious it's, or something. It's twigging on right. to something yeah. going on. No, Otherwise, it, no, I'm not going to ask you for... Because if we, if we start doing that, we're going to be do, doing dice rolls all night sure. long just to find out what we can I, talk about in the game. I agree with you completely, but what I'm talking about is yeah. this horrible like TNT yeah. plunger of my gaming group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That right. was a dis- that was just one small thing of disaster. Because yeah. I kind of can see a, a piece of that other part of it. You know, it's like it's both sides of that, where it's like I could see that the par- it should be incumbent upon the the character in the scene to say, oh, that seems kind of odd. Uh, I why is that player doing that? And but then turn to the GM and say, "I make an insight roll to yeah. see if I think that." Yeah. Am I suspicious about anything here? Yeah. <clears throat> well, and I hope yeah. I hope well, the player with the secret agent background is intentionally doing some shady shit in front of everyone. As a player, yes. as part of this game, let's do something fun and entertaining right. and see if people I, um, key in. It, on Sunday in our Bloodblade and Tusk game, after that event happened. I slacked Stu and said, I'm going to watch Adeste to see if she's okay. Mm-hmm. And he, you slacked him back, I think you said, that she was very unsettled or... Something like that. Something along those lines. Yeah. Um, but I don't know why. Right. Yeah. I just know that she was upset about something. Maybe she was upset about the, the monk being murdered. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, maybe she was upset because you know there was information that we needed that got lost. Or maybe it was just the shock of the whole thing. Yeah, the point is, but um, Azim's interest here is Adeste's well-being, right? Mm-hmm. Not suspicion, not of her suspicion. having done something wrong, right? So he's not going to pursue that yeah. other than to ask her if she's okay, which he did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, me, the player, I had an interesting moment yeah. in the, just to talk about this specific example. We, we came back, I was like, okay, Adeste's an assassin, that's fine. And, <laughs> and then I sort of checked in with Karat's brain, right? And I was mm-hmm. like, well, she has these the negatives of honest and honorable, and I have since determined, I've decided to interpret that as she has trouble picturing other people being dishonest or dishonorable. Okay, right. And so it would never enter her mind that this person that she enjoyed a bar brawl with, and they have fought, they have been in fisticuffs together, back to back. It wouldn't enter her mind that this woman is also a dastardly assassin striking from the shadows. Right. Um, Even though that's what Jason thinks, Mm. and that's fine. (laughs) It's it's totally fine to be wrong, too. It's just... I'm excited either way, but it was fun. It gave me a moment to sort of engage with my negatives on the character sheet yeah. and, and go, oh, you know, I think she's a, a big, trusting paladin type with, you know, like she is intellectually curious about things, but she's, you know, yeah. trusting until she has a good reason not to. Right. And it wouldn't occur to her that you had gone, because I think she had gone. You guys were there by yourselves. You went to look at the guards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even if she is a um, an assassin for the Catholic Church, is that necessarily a bad thing? Let's, well, let's use the phrase they're using in the chat room, which is holy paladin. 
Oh, all right. Yeah. Wait, for you or for me? For me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Because Karat Let's is... Let's just say bringer of justice. Yeah, exactly. Karat is also devoutly religious yeah. and believes her beliefs very it's, strongly. I, mean, it's, yeah. I think that it, there's a really interesting moment yes. coming up in this game when the three religions at play in this game all come together right. in it's, one place. It's like the end of uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, oh, yeah. where everyone's coming from different oh, parts yeah. of the city. Yeah. and Cause, Because Azim is a devout Muslim. Love yeah. that movie. And he he's had experience with Christians, because he's from, from Spain. Right. Um, but he's a Muslim. And he's a believer. Mm-hmm. Um... That's going to be an interesting day. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've been working on more of the... I, I worked on the, the inter-tribe politics section of the book, which is now almost 70 pages. And um, <clears throat> one of the things I developed in it was... Because you'd asked if there were Christian orcs. Yeah. Or was it Storker? One of you. It was oh, I, I was definitely curious, yeah. Because yeah. one of my original ideas was this... Christian orc ranger, but when she was making a ranger, I was like, oh, okay, no, I'm going right. to do something. I'm going to do it. this like big orc paladin lady. But in, in, in certain areas, borderlands, borderlands with uh, the uh, the caliphate of what is it, uh, Cordoba? Yeah. Which is what they called that part of Spain. Um, there are Muslim orcs. Mm. And in another tribe or uh, neighboring Burgundy, there's actually a couple of ordained orc priests. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm surprised there are priests who would have ordained them. Their uh, bishop got excommunicated for it. Oh well, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, he did. Yeah. Right. I, I'm also picturing um, orc society a little bit of like you know orcs arguing. I'm picturing like two orcs from two different tribes arguing, and a human comes up and goes, "Yeah," and then the, they both turn oh, around yeah. and are like, "You did not." <laughs> Bonk. Yeah. yeah, like. We're going to have our argument. It, human, you need to stay out of it. <laughs> that's, that's this is an my... A-B conversation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I haven't totally developed um, the details of it, but but the, the different orc tribes, uh, their conflicts with each other, because some of them get along fine, some of them don't get along very well at mm-hmm. all. Um, the reason for that stems from the minutia of their religion and yeah. Like which things get interpreted? Well, the minutia of religion has killed right. more people on this planet. Sure. Than yes, uh, in right. fact. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm t- I'm torn about future too. I'm I'm curious. I'm actually curious to people who, uh, with regard to people who who listen, mm-hmm. uh, both to the stream and to the actual play, what they find more enjoyable. Because I am. Oh, so that, that's a good question. Because yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so 100% down for either. Like, I don't need to have the little, like, hoo-hoo, you know, my sneaky card. What? No, but, it, but when, you, when you have that moment, when you have that scene, I have no problem with stepping outside while you have it either. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that either. I think it's, it's like, I have my preference. It doesn't bother me that yeah. that's what else is happening. It's just when I set up a game, I make sure somehow everybody knows each other yeah. and we are somehow functionally of a shared purpose. Yeah. yeah. And then making characters together. I don't like everybody making a character separately and then yeah. coming together and figuring out how yeah. they fit. I know for my part, I've done it, done it both ways within the same game session. Sure. Where 
in one moment I would take a character aside for a second and have a quick chat. And then in another moment I would be like, okay, this is happening. Yeah. Well, and I do think, uh, I did ask Stu when I did that, because I think you were out of the room when I went, I think I'm going to try to do this. Right. And I wrote it down on my, a problem, because something on a problem. Mm-hmm. And when you came back in, I pointed and I was like, is this okay if I do this? But because obviously you shouldn't, for sure, shouldn't go into something like that if the GM's not. Keen to be like Oh yeah I'm a part of this Uh, Also I should say a big exception for me Is when a player wants to initiate Something quietly but it's going to be Resolved publicly Really quickly like when Breland's playing a joke On Rogar And you you slack me and you're like okay I want to set this up Like that's hilarious And everyone's going to learn about it in a minute But it's better to learn about it in a minute instead of right now. Right. right. That's that's actually totally why I do it that way. Yeah. Is just because this is going to happen in the next you know five minutes. Yeah. And I just I'm telling you this so you can be the one to to make it let it play out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As the great the real great worm says, all orcs hate each other, but they hate you first. <laughs> they hate you more for sure. They hate you more definitely. Well, and I meant to bring it up. Relative Depod said this earlier, but it's just that. It's, Sometimes there's the unintentional metagame, which is really not what I'm worried about. I'm just curious. It's it's the bigger Breland's itching powder in mm-hmm. in Roger's jockstrap. Yeah, that's what this which is, is about to happen. I love yeah. that. I love that. It's just yeah. it's kind of one of those where it's not even like I feel like I'm pulling one over on you guys. Yeah. It's not that I yeah. feel like there's a big sassy secret. I just I just want to say yeah about. Desert of Despair. I really enjoy the game a lot. Um, I don't think I've gotten a hold of Breland, really, as a character, because um, he's the way I've been playing him is not the way I wrote him. Mm. And um, I'm gonna try really hard to get him back where he needs to be. Okay. In the next game. Well, so if there's anything I can do to help I just, facilitate cool. that, I, I, I just know. think the whole you know living intelligent undead thing really threw him for a loop. Mm. I, I I can imagine that actually being a challenging thing for anyone. <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah. I just but I'm going to try to get him back where he, where he needs to be next time. Uh, Heavy Metal Jess said uh, the aside scene was great and kind of made me as a listener feel like I had secret info. Made it a bit more like a TV like TV for actual play watching purposes. Sweet. Yeah, I mean I could admit maybe in this format my preference is y- you know not as applicable. You know, like I, I could I totally That's be open I'm, to that I'm idea. I'm really interested because I think was it used to that used the example, or maybe it was Jason about other media, and then right away I was thinking about the yeah, you watch a horror movie and you're like they're in the house, yeah, it's <laughs> out of the house, yeah. and like no one in the in the you know in the movie <laughs> screen yeah. can actually hear you screaming. Uh-huh. You know, they're in the fucking house or look behind you, he's yeah. got an axe. And there's something kind of fun about that as a player and compelling, but I do think one of the discussions that we had last night was, um, you know, immersion versus immersion versus tension, and the idea that immersion builds tension. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, when I go, when I say, okay, I need you to roll a notice roll Mm -hmm. to see if you notice the six ninjas about to pounce on you. Tension just went through the roof. Oh, sure. Absolutely. You know what's about to happen. But it's also going to immediately resolve, like the joke you're playing on It's immediately going to resolve. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Something that's going to be more of a long play game, you want to 
you want to keep quiet. An example that I've been using a lot lately for this particular scenario is, you know, so last night you met the hot blonde in the bar, took her home, and, you know, did the thing. And then the next morning you wake up. Yeah, you play checkers. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) And the next morning you get up and, you know, you're like, so what are you going to do? I'm going to go across town to do the thing. Okay. So it occurs to you as you're walking down the stairs from your her apartment that this kind of thing doesn't happen to you. <laughs> okay, this is like, whoa. Okay, so now, how are you going to go across town? Um, I'm going to drive my car. Cool, awesome. So as you're walking up to your car, I need you to roll a notice roll for me to see whether you see the bomb that got placed under your car mm-hmm. last night Yeah. while she was distracting you. Now... If you make this roll, you're going to see the bomb, and that's fine. You can deal with that as you want. If you fail this roll, you will get in the car and turn the key. Yeah. Now, the only thing about that specific example is I don't like a character death to come down to one roll. Oh, no, I agree. So I, hopefully I, the bomb would just do a bunch of damage and not instantly kill The bomb would, would not be an yeah. insta-death. Yeah. I, don't do, I don't do insta-death. Yeah, that's I just, don't do rocks fall on your all day. To, and to me, like a character death, I've, I always explain this to my Shadowrun players. I was like, guys... If you jump out of cover and run through a hail of gunfire because you think you're in the Matrix, I'm not pulling any punches. Sure. <laughs> you made a terrible choice. Right. You, you bad on This bad is plan. a fantasy sci-fi world where you can fight a dragon with an Uzi, but if you jump out of cover and run through a hail of gunfire... It's going to be a right. bad day for you. But the flip side of that, as your GM, I will not just cheese your death. Right. right? You, you will not die a chump death falling down the stairs, for instance, of, like, you know... Talking about death, player character death for just one second, because I don't want to distract from the topic too much. I think a character death should have meaning. Mm. That meaning might be sudden, and it might be a surprise. Mm -hmm. It might not be against the big bad. It might be in a bar fight, Mm -hmm. but it needs to have meaning. And it's the GM's responsibility to give it meaning. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, you want to vamp- Vampire 54? 54, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so Vampire 54 brought up earlier. Um, so my group is playing Pathfinder right now, and we have gotten to level 13. Um, and for the past few levels, we've been running into monsters that I have never faced before as a player. But what would my character know of this same monster? Right. Like, how would you approach that? Oh, well, the, I, in Pathfinder, I think you have a Dungeoneering skill. You have a Dungeoneering so, or a nature, skill. You have a nature skill. Yeah, it depends on the type skill. of... Depends yeah. on what your on what skills your character right. has. So, yeah, I mean, also you want to <coughs> think, like, if I'm playing a character who's never dealt with skeletons before, I know for a fact they have resistance to piercing damage. I'm still going to shoot an arrow at it if I'm an archer. Sure. Well, you know, like, yeah. I'm going to try to run it through and in my rear here. Yeah. yeah. There are times, and I've even done this in Desert, where I don't want a metagame, but I'm like, would my character have faced anything like this before? Mm-hmm. Or And you, you will either say, yeah, totally, this is like that, or... Make a blobity yeah. blot check. Yeah, and so I think also, yeah. yeah, the answer to this question, the GM has to determine is are skeletons really common in your yeah. world? And everyone knows, yeah, you don't try to stab it because that's dumb. Right. right. Um, or has there never, you've never even heard of the dead walking the earth? Okay, this one, it's fucking terrifying. Right. There ought right. to be, there probably ought to be some dice on the table about that fact right. before we even move on. Yeah. Right. So the you know, and it's also the setting that the GM is setting up. Yes. You know, to say yeah, like, absolutely. oh well, you're you're snar- you're fighting a snargleblat. Uh, no one's <laughs> yeah. ever heard of a snargleblat. I want to fight a snargleblat. Yeah, me too. 
But um, in that case, I would say, no, you don't even get a role because no one's heard of it. It's right. just spawned from some obscure plane of existence and, you know, right. sorry, you don't as know a, anything about it. As a player, one of the things that I'll do is if I have, as a player, I, I think I see the path to a thing. You'll often see me pick up my dice and roll them for no reason and then not say anything about it. Mm. That's me making an intelligence check or an education right. check to see, does my character know the same thing, have the same insight that I do? Mm-hmm. Right. Just to feel like you're not metagaming. Just to, yeah, just like that's that. my yeah. way of, of making sure. a decision about that. And it's totally a... And, and a lot of times I'm like, ooh, I failed that roll, and I, and I won't do anything about it. Right. Yeah. It is a good question, though, and that... Uh, Vampire 54 was saying, as a player, I sometimes don't know what question to ask. So, I think it's good to just, if you don't know, do that thing where it's like you're just going to roll your own wisdom or your own int to mm-hmm. kind of see, yeah. would I even think to ask that? Or sure. And I, you want playing a game. Yeah. Well, and here's another thing that came up in the game that this is, I guess, related to immersion, but that not the same not the same thing, right. but is <clears> the, <throat> the magical stuff. Mm-hmm. So it has manifested itself uh, as fire twice now, and and that's a big deal to your character. Thank you. <laughs> Which I think n- less so for for the orcs. Yeah, we've seen magic. But I, my character is like, okay, I get that we want to talk about this. Is anybody going to talk about that <laughs> giant firewall that was just in this room? Because it's like you have to kind of try to put your brain, your player brain. Really, more so in that character brain than maybe you're even used to being, because when you play fantasy games, there is magic. Yeah, right. and that's, this that's the thing about the setting yeah. of like the DM setting the tone of in BBT, Blood, Blade, and Tusk. Um, yeah. We don't know a lot about magic. Even the orcs from tribes where magic is yeah. relatively common may just don't just fling around spells because they could explode. Right, right. But um, in um, Eberron setting, for instance, magic is everywhere. It's everyone's yeah. got something. You right. know, it's it's so common it's, and it's familiar. It's the way the world functions. Yeah, with all yeah. The, yeah. It's, it's just the super is, it's common and, yeah. and available. And so that's the sort of thing where, in Bloodblade and Tusk, if you say, "Wow, where did this firewall come from?" the GM's going to say, "Well, you're not familiar with that." In Eberron, I might say, "Oh, yeah, it's it's from this firewall charm." And it's it's super familiar. You've seen a dozen of these in your life. Might be higher magic than anything you've ever seen, but you've heard of right. similar things. You've heard of similar right. things. It, yeah. it fits the a school of things. You know, like in um, the city of Sharn in Eberron, all the guards who you know have to go up and down all these lifts all day. They all are issued yeah. a feather charm because you could fall off the lift. Oh. And <laughs> And really easily, or just right. get shoved. Right. Otherwise, their insurance would go through the roof. Right. And the feather charms. <laughs> Man, the OSHA claims on that yeah. one. <laughs> but in that setting, feather charms are cheap and easy to make by the dozens. Right. And it's a common resource that even not guards. Well, you know, people just with a little bit of money. Part of it. Part right. of it too is the conceit of the game. Yeah. The conceit of D and D. The conceit of Pathfinder is everybody has a metric ton of of magic. Mm-hmm. Everybody does. the The idea is that at at level seven, you're going to have this many this many gold pieces worth of magic stuff. <clears throat> yeah. But in Blood, Blade, and Tusk, that's di- the the yeah. equation is is totally different. Yeah. And personally, I like that um, as a player, and I like the fact that my character is all about magic. And he's got all the insights. Because in, yeah. you know, you, as you were saying, you know, well, you know, nobody knows anything about magic. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. I do. <laughs> exactly. You know, but I'm also not talking about it because you don't want to get burned at a stake. I don't want to get burned yeah. at a stake. Yeah. Um, and you know, you know, to to address Vampire Fifty Four's question, I think the the way to address that is to say, GM. Would my character know about this? Yep. Right, or have a conversation about That's, that yeah. in the you, moment to say, yeah. okay, the Snargleblot's attacking. We we engage with the with what's going on at many different levels. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we engage as a character in, in the first person. Sometimes we engage as a player Beers. of a game. What did I do? I just said beers. Oh no! That's yeah, all. Oh. yeah, relative no, D-pod. Oh, bought a, bought a, a, a oh. cheers a drink. Cheers. Um, but we we don't stay on one level. Mm-hmm. And, and when I say level, I'm not assigning value. You know, a value judgment modes. to them in modes. In modes. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, but we shift between them. Sometimes we engage with the game, mm-hmm. and that's not wrong. No. Right. Right. Yeah. Mailbag? We've, we've talked about yeah. this for yeah, an hour. I was going to say, though, uh, <laughs> those of you who haven't listened to Bloodblade and Tusk should totally listen. And I'm not just because we play. Um, it that's, a, listen to it because it's the best it game is on a, the it, is, it is a yeah. rocking game. It yeah. is such a great setting. Um, and it is, I, I don't know. It's, it's And don't feel bad if you feel like my character is the best character. You don't have to tell everyone. It's yeah. totally understandable. That's yeah, <laughs> Jason gets a little. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to move right. over and make room for Jason's yeah. ego. <laughs> yeah, I would fill the room. Um, <laughs> even just uh, listening to the podcast, we should put up a maybe we'll put up a survey. Go into the Bloodblade and Tusk actual play. We'll have a little survey up. Sure. So if you even have thoughts about like if you are listening to an actual player in real life, mm-hmm. whether you think characters should still be secret off. Right. And, I mean, and there's things in between what we're talking about as sure. well. I mean, you could have something where, okay, at character creation, some players have some secrets, but when you start doing stuff that yeah. has to do with that secret, it's out on the table. So that sure. people may not necessarily know it at character creation, mm-hmm. but within a session or two. Well, I, I would say for Stork and I, we're not even super clear on what's happening with the Chieftain line of succession right now. Right. Is well, I know you're the second brood. Right. 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 But but actually in character and out of character, what, like there's a bunch of stuff that's either undecided or Stu hasn't told us, and, and that's, a, you know, that's exciting too, that there's this NPC out there that, you know, we don't, at least I don't, really have a clear idea of how that's going to play out. And but it's exciting. <laughs> well, I don't think they want me dead. They wouldn't have sent me off. Yeah. Oh, Gractal probably wants me dead. Yeah. Gra- Gractal might. Yeah. Yeah. Gractal wants you dead. Gractal yeah. might have pulled that stuff then. So maybe, maybe there's maybe yeah. maybe, Gra- maybe Gractal. Yep. Before you guys came along, maybe yep. Gractal was was the shoe end. Yep. Yep. But we're just better in every way. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, cute story cool. from my gaming youth. Uh, what? Oh, cute story from my gaming youth from Axel. Yo, happy Jack's passe. You're low on emails, and I'm sure you need a few for the comic relief section. So here's a little, a quick little throwback to my teenage years. In a small town, in small town Germany at the time, we were playing Das Schwarze Auge, the first ever German RPG. What's what's an Auge? Um, is that the Auge. age? The Dark Age, the Black Age. I think that's the Black Age. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up, but that sounds 
very plausible. Uh, think original D&D simplicity with only a few stats, attack, and weapons data, and a handful of spells. We all played it because it was A, available in regular bookstores, and B, accessible due to its German language. We were probably 12 or 13 at the time, and our English was not quite adequate yet for long rule books. And especially not High Gygaxian in D&D mm. books. Because that's nobody. Nobody really speaks High Gygaxian. Interestingly, uh, Shadowrun I think was one of the first big titles that was translated to German. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, or at least German was the first language that Shadowrun went to, and oh, it was yeah. you know early nineties. It's actually I. Yeah. The black eye. Mm. Oh, the black eye. Black eye. Okay. Interesting. Das Schwarze Auger. It's probably oh, related okay. to auger. To augury. Oh, yeah. Augury. Mm, okay, I'll buy it. As it. As is often the case with small communities, we had these unwritten rules that everyone kind of abided by for whatever reason. You had one character, your character. The idea to specifically create characters for a particular game did not occur to us, nor the idea of having more than one character. The task was to grow and develop your one character and keep it from dying. Hmm. So you took your one character from game to game to various GMs running games. This led to some interesting games with all these 6th level characters being totally different in real power levels depending on the games they had previously been in. Hmm. You kept your character sheets and it was absolutely honor system that you would not cheat or change any of your stats. We did that too. Mm, sure. Yeah. Yeah. However, the system also offered a few game books where you could take your character on a choose-your-own-adventure-style journey, a so-called solo adventure, and the game book where you could basically gain five levels of drinking by drinking a potion uh, in, is one that you played with all, all of your PCs. Totally legal, quote-unquote, as it was within the system, and we did not think uh, of that being douchey at all. Well, I guess if everyone has the same information, sure, then that's if yeah. If they all have the same opportunity, yeah, why not? I yep. ran myself through the solo adventure five times. Yeah, twenty fifth level. <laughs> yep, boom. Good job, everybody. <laughs> Drink the shit out of that potion, right? <laughs> yeah, that's totally fair. And of course, we got some of the rules totally wrong because the person that initially read them and explained them to everyone had else had gotten them wrong. Uh, major discussions ensued when someone figured out how things were actually <laughs> supposed to work. Classic. Ah, that's never happened. Right. <laughs> since you'd spent so much time getting used to the to the bu- bugged rules. Oh, yeah. Buggered rules. Why am I writing this down? To remind all of us that warm and fuzzy game feeling that is so hard to get back when you get older and know more about RPGs. You're tr- you try different... Uh, different settings, rules, and players spend large amounts of money, and sometimes all you do is chase the feeling you had when those first few gaming sessions. Uh, I highly re- recommend to do a one shot in the most archaic RPG you can find from time to time to remind you of the old times and the fact that you don't need sophisticated rules and complex settings to have fun. Have a drink, remember the good old days, and game on. Cheers. Excellent. First off, drink. Second off, I so totally agree with this with his sentiment here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I a um, couple years ago, I made a comment on the on on the cast that um, my first edition D and D AD and D books had disappeared. Mm. I know where they went, but that's a different story. But if I could put my hands on another set of them, I would run a first edition AD and D game at a con. What, you, what are you missing? 
Um, at the time, I was missing all of them. Oh, 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 oh I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. And a listener sent me the entire set. Right. And um, when I got them, I said, well, this is awesome, cool, I'll send, you know, make sure I have your address so I can send them back to you. He said, no, they're yours. Oh, that's really And I was kind. like, that's so that's t- fantastic. But when I sat down and I started reading through the books, because I'm like, okay, I said I would do this, so I'm going to run a game. And I started reading the books again. I was like, "Why did we play this game? Yeah, I got why did yeah. we play this game?" And then I ran the play test. I was like, "Oh, this is why we played yeah. this game, right? Because it's just fun, right?" Yeah. Well, I, I so you guys saw it when you when you yeah, the, came in. I I, I got uh, there's a yeah. uh, it was a Kickstarter. It's called Dungeon Ask, and it's a fifth edition oh, adaptation. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> they came out with two versions. They came out with the sort of basic D and D or what? What was the red box called? Basic D and D was it basic? Uh, I think it was called basic. Yeah, it's basic D and D. They have a red box version, which is a large yes. red box, and it looks very similar to the original red box version. But the rules inside are fifth edition. Oh, cool! And then the one I got is a is the basic original white box that comes with four small books. One's about characters, the other about worlds and adventures or whatever, and. Um, it's got all the fifth edition rules in it for the most part. Mm-hmm. They're presented differently as they would have been presented in the white box edition. It's probably stripped down a little bit. It too. is. Stri- it is yeah. stripped down. Yeah. Uh, there's no. Uh, well, especially now. I don't know about the other the other edition, but the white box version. There aren't, there aren't any uh, feats or anything like that. Yeah, that's fine. Feats are an optional thing in fifth right. edition anyway. Yeah. So. Right. But uh, that's what I'm going to be running at the con. On that's the so kid, cool. Yeah, kids gaming. Sorry. You're doing it for kids, and I and I want to let all the kids play, but I also want to play. <laughs> right. I, okay. I should say too. I got uh, a good friend of mine is running first edition AD and D right now. It's uh, Friday nights in Burbank or every other Friday or something uh-huh. at uh, this shop called Geeky Tees and Games, mm-hmm. and uh, you can go there and like get a board game or play your RPG or whatever. Oh, and cool. so he is. Teaching people about first edition AD and D tonight. He invited me. I was like, ah, I'm going on the podcast. But uh, oh, nice. yeah, so you know, you can go check that out too. If it's, it's okay it to plug my friend's shop. It just so totally reminded me. What's um, it called? Geeky teas. Geeky teas. It's T E A S because she also mixes her own tea. Okay. Like like blend oh, does tea sweet. blends and cool. stuff. Awesome. So geeky teas and games in Burbank. It's okay. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's sweet. Cool. Yeah, just it's so much fun. I think yeah. that's, I've said that before too, but not just the old school games, but I think that's, you chase that dragon in a lot of oh, your gaming. Oh, of course, gaming. absolutely. Yeah. And those highs are just really yeah, it's so good. rewarding. It's when those yeah. moments of magic yeah. that happen. Yeah. When a plan comes together. Yeah. Or, or when just, just those moments of brilliance. Yeah. yeah. Or know? when a plan completely falls apart. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Savage yes. Talker of the Hill People, he's asking about the white and the red boxes. They're yeah. separate editions. Yeah. So the white box is its own ver- fifth edition version of the original D and D, and the red box is the fifth edition Starter reimagining yeah. of the red of the box basic edition. Yeah. They're, well, they're complete games. And originally there was says the girl who didn't know at the time, but has learned there was a white box, a blue box, and a red box. Yeah. Yes. And I and I know we've debated before, so we don't need to do it again. <laughs> like which one was what and what uh, was BX. The, and the what order was of them is white. Red, blue, black. Okay. Yeah. And then AD and D. Then chartreuse. Yes. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> but but I made that box. Myself. Yeah. But that was that was a nice story by. Yeah. That's a great story. I am. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that I also, is, I also, is the warm and fuzzy. I bought a beginner's set True. for, and I may regret this, a beginner's set for Warhammer 40k. Oh no. It's a small one. We're going like, to lose you, aren't we? It's about no, well, but his children st- are not going to be able to go to college. I, I, I stopped showering <laughs> three rated. weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> preparing for yeah, the first prepare. game. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's your <laughs> primary <laughs> defense. Do you have do you have blue jeans with a belt and suspenders? Of course. Okay, <laughs> but I, I got this one. It's a little box, and it came with six marines and uh, like eight undead things. Three of them are marines, and like the rest of them are like uh, things. <laughs> and uh, I just. Primered them and all that, and Zachary, I got it for so Zachary I could play it, and we we I put them all together because they just snapped together. You barely need. Oh, to nice, them. yeah. And um, and I put them all together, and he says, "Daddy, do I have to paint these?" I'm like, "I'll <laughs> paint them. Don't worry about that." And they're different plastic colors, yeah. so you can immediately tell what's what. Uh, we played through a couple of scenarios. Have you ever played uh, Space Hulk? No. Yeah, it's oh. uh, it's uh, Warty, Warhammer 40k. Um, you know the futuristic setting right. where you're the, uh, you know. Yep, space marines with machine guns, but you're fighting these gene stealer aliens. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty well designed totally awesome. little board game. For t- it's only two players, but you can, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's pretty in depth. Well, I've been I've been watching YouTube videos where this guy is kind of like going through and he's going through segments of the Warhammer 40k oh. lore. Oh, cool! Uh, and uh, the one I just got to, which is an hour and twenty minutes long. Mm. Is about the, the emperor yeah. of of these crazy pants. The the lore of the Warhammer universe is is just freaking amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, if they too. could get an HBO series, I think that'd be really interesting. <laughs> you can't put <laughs> cram it into a movie. Wow. That's no. physically impossible. No. But uh, I think it would be there's a way to tell the story that would be really engaging. Well, yeah. you can tell any story you want. It's everything will yes. be incredibly yeah. over Every, the top. Everything has happened. Armor is this possible. Big. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have now met the only other person on the planet who says crazy pants. Oh, because <laughs> I heard you say it on Sunday, and I was telling. I've used that for years. Maybe I got oh, it from you. I, I don't know. No, I'm like these are crazy yeah. pants. I say crazy pants. Yeah, I think I've said it for no, a while, but I oh. might have got it from you or you. Yeah. I don't it's, know. I've used that phrase for years, years and years and years. Oh well, I know where I got it from. I got it from my ex-wife. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, no, I have <laughs> yeah. not started inserting heresy into my daily language. <laughs> heresy. But you should. I, I will. That's the how next I time feel. you have a yeah. complaining customer, yeah. right. heretic. Heresy. That's how I feel about programmers <laughs> who use spaces instead of tabs. Oh, my lord. That fight is real. Sa- savage stalker. We're going to throw down in a second. Use the book, spaces? Uh, the book I have says I'm supposed to use spaces. No. You're supposed to use spaces. No. You're supposed to use spaces. No, that's stupid. That's what the book I had said. No, it's wrong. And I'll explain why later. <laughs> okay. okay. Wait, Curly wait, braces on the tr- same line or on the next line. True we'll get to that false, later. Jason. Space Hulk. When you just want to play a game. Oh, I lost it. When you just want to play a game that determines your anal circumference but aren't committed to playing Fatal? <laughs> yeah. Space Hulk, really? t- Space Hulk takes like an hour and a half to set up for a half hour of play. Um, that's That seems fairly accurate. That's about right, me. I think. Yeah. All right. I'm, um, it's it's actually pretty quick to play the game, but setting up the board and the scenario you're going to play and set up your marines and then this and then literally your marines go eh, 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 and the aliens go. Yeah, I think we I think we set it up like five or six times and never actually got to yeah. play. Yeah, I've right. I've got to play through the opening scenario a couple times, like the beginner scenario to learn how to play. 
I played it a couple times, and it was really fun while we were playing it for that moment. But right. there was so much setup, and we hadn't even painted everything. We were, we just went with the plastic figures, and uh, right. uh, it was a very fun gameplay. You just, you just summed up the the sum total of my life. Oh, really? It, yeah, it was all fun doing this thing, but it took so much time to do all the other yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that's the neat thing. I mean, once I cut the pieces out, now I trimmed them nice because yeah. I was going to paint oh, them. Wow. But they all just snap together. Yeah. I mean, I did put oh. a, a, a drop of glue on them in case they ever wiggled oh, apart. Yeah. Sure. But they didn't seem like they were going to. Yeah. And then I just I glued them to the bases, obviously. Yeah. And then I, I primered them and washed them now. Yeah. But um, yeah, mine are all primered because I had this dream of painting them all, and right. then I never did it. Right. So. Funny. Well, I just did the wash, and, and they actually the, the, their their instructions on how to paint them now are spray paint the base color, mm-hmm. throw on a wash. Here's some little things you can highlight. Mm-hmm. Dry brush some dust on them. You're done. So it's not like well. Because for play, you you're looking at your your three feet. Yeah, exactly. The three foot distance. Yeah, right. And you're going to be handling them a lot. Yeah, right. and you, yeah. At the real great worm says there is a, a space Hulk is on PS4. Uh, yeah, it's also on like iPad tablet. It's oh, really? way more playable. You don't have to do all the setup, that's and it's a lot of worm. fun. Yeah, uh, I oh. concur, great worm. You cool. are greatly correct. Oh, I, th- that sounds interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. cool. I have it on PS4. It's very playable. Jason, um, do you want to do some L5R? L5R woes, woes, woes from Eric and Nudge. Wh- which one's Jason? You. Oh, me. Okay. Uh, L5R woes from Eric in New Jersey. Um, Dear Stu the Baker and the Douche Cakes. Uh, <laughs> greetings from the fabled land of New Jersey. I'm not convinced that it's a real place. Um, <laughs> I've never been. I've not, seen it. No real place could be that awesome. Right. Yeah. It's the uh, Garden State. I hope all is going. I hope all is going well with you. I have yeah. a bit of a problem. I run a monthly L5R game. I want a game that is a conflict of the codes of Bushido. I made up a city with characters having conflict with one another and a place for the characters to be in. All of this. I understand the concept. At least I think I do. This is going to be all on you guys because I don't know anything about L5R, and he's describing a game that is my nightmare. Okay. So, <laughs> I, I, with all due, like that's True. great. That's great. I that's just, not your jam. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that's a yeah. bad game. I'm just saying like that's my nightmare. Um, instead, insert Lewis Black exasperated yelling, "I am running a fucking D and D game." Um, and apparently doesn't want to. Sorry, I shouldn't have actually yelled. That's um, fine. I've been running games for over 35 years. Amen. I know how to adapt to different genres and have done that with a large variety of systems. But no, something about L5R makes me run it as D&D with fucking Samurai. <laughs> Mind you, I like D&D, so this is in no way bashing on D&D, it's just the style I keep falling into. The players are no help. I had Horrid Undead at one point, and they all went, yay, zombies to fight! <laughs> However, I am the GM. I set the tempo and the atmosphere. I consider this my responsibility. Right now, the players are deputies to an emerald magistrate who is very old. Thus, he gives the players a very long leash. He is dying. None of the players know that yet. So eventually, the senior figure will be out of the picture so that the players can have more autonomy. Good for you. I agree. Uh, uh, One of them should become the magistrate. I don't know what a magistrate is, but that's... (laughs) Actually, most of the players think that he has some sort of agenda anyway because he is a scorpion. Mm -hmm. The city is shared by the scorpion, the unicorn, and the lion. This sounds fucking awesome. Um, That's my addition. I don't know what any of that means. Uh, 
The city is shared by the scorpion, the unicorn, and the lion near some mines that all three clans want to control. I don't know what the hell I'm doing to keep turning it into D&D. I've already used the adventure in the book, which went probably the best out of everything. I just, I need help. I know I can do this. I've done other genres before. I just can't seem to break through some weird mental barrier here. Any suggestions? Please help. Thanks, and keep drinking. Eric from New Jersey. Tea. Oh. Tea. You need tea. Really? Yes. They need to go. That, that, I mean, one of the things I did when I ran the L5R game to sort of set the tone when they, they go in and they, they go into the, the, the main city, Marisabishi Toshi, which was the closest city to where they were, um, and there is a tea house. And they go to the tea house and they have tea. D&D adventurers don't go into a tea house and have tea, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Were, were bathhouses big in uh, Japan? Well, it's not really feudal Japan. Oh, really? It's it's a mythological place called Rokugan, uh, which is very similar to feudal Japan. Okay, because um, bathhouses aren't big in D and D usually either. So that's, right. that's well, another thing. You know what? There were there was yeah. there, they did on the road. They went to a place where there they, there was a bathhouse, mm. and they and they spent you've spent been the night. Playing your D and D games, right? <laughs> if there aren't bathhouses, you've been playing your own D and D games. But I mean, you have to look at the cultural things of the game. And make those have significance. Yeah. As the GM, you need to say, "Oh, there's a there's a, a, a tea house nearby. Do you want to go and stuff?" There's a tea house. Can I remind you of something house. that I uh, sure. that you did mm-hmm. that I think also just sort of reminded is you had posted on the wall the seven tenets of Bushido. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. That's also, compassion, courage, courtesy. Take, take the game out of the fight. Yeah. Um, put them in court. Where? Yeah. Fighting bad, mm-hmm. um, and set the zombies aside. Right. the the other The other thing, two th- thing thing. I'll get back to the zombies in a second. Yeah. Um, they have a senior, and that's one of the things about. I, I always talked about how I kept them under the thumb of their daimyo for too long. Uh huh. But I, in hindsight. Having them be under the daimyo's thumb for several sessions kind of set the tone for what they were expected to do and how they were expected to behave. You mean like the hierarchy of respect and all that kind of yeah. thing? Right. That's interesting. <clears throat> and and then I gave the daimyo a flaw mm-hmm. because basically he was in conflict with his older brother who was sort of his daimyo. Yeah. Right? Mm. And he was... Refusing to do something for, for people who might be want to listen to the game because we did. It turns yeah. out those uh, those actual plays they got a long tail. Oh yeah, people are still listening. There's L five there's L five R episodes and and there, uh, the one that you ran the Deadlands game that are that are getting up in the eleven and twelve thousand downloads. Sweet, oh, yeah, cool. Sweet. yeah, no kidding. Right, I was shocked. Holy crap! I went and looked at older stuff. I'm like, you mean the Storm Guys game? Stur- uh, yeah, it was yeah. Sturmgeist. Pulp, I, yeah. I think the it was Pulp Sturmgeist. Game. Yeah, that I one. wish I had all of those recorded. The mm. I, I think the 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 uh, Savage Worlds Ghostbusters LA game I ran is like at fifteen thousand downloads. That is such awesome. a spectacular That's game, super though. Cool. But, but it, anyway, the I, I gave him a a, a a flaw. Basically, he was refusing to do something his brother wanted had ordered him to do, mm. and that. When your senior or your superior 
is not following the tenets of Bushido, that immediately is going to put you in conflict because yep. you want to be to, to you know honorable, right? But mm-hmm. you also have to have to have to you're, you have to honor your daimyo. Yeah. Right. In the game, is there a way to call out your senior for doing something improper? I don't remember. I'm. I don't think there I is. Don't. At the same time, though, you know, you're in conflict, but you're in conflict th- that you that your sword is not the answer to. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Th- well, you're not going to go and kill your daimyo well, because think, he won't do yeah. what his brother wants, right? You might take his side on it, but you're also like. I think sometimes the the trick too in games like that are when there is no, not necessarily a mechanic in the game that forces that sort of uh, character conflict or character choice or repercussions. So you do there is a burden on the GM. To kind of push back, mm-hmm. oh um, yeah, because the 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 information is there and the fluff is there to support the type of game you want to run, but it, there isn't necessarily a mechanical aspect to it where you're, you know, rolling it. You know, you're going to lose humanity because mm. X Y Z. Right. Um, well, you do. You can. You, you can lose. You can lose honor. Yeah. And honor has game effects. It really does. Yeah. Um, and. I mean that, but that's you don't want to rely on that. Yeah, that's for I mean for the way I look at it, that honor is for when your character has a conflict where there's two two wrong things to do and no right thing to do, and he's going to have to do one of them. Yeah, and he's going to take a small honor hit for it. That's kind of the yeah. But maybe focusing on honor could help Eric get his game back on track. Yes, it could. Uh, Well, and like, like but it almost sounds like it's as much him as it is the players. I I think that's what he's saying too, and that's why I was wondering if having the tenants there, having metal just kind of reinforce what you were saying, Stu, about music and food, Mm -hmm. and reminded. I remember that about the Moorish game she ran. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Maybe serve tea at the table too. We had that. Yeah, we had we had sake bombs. Yeah, yeah, a few sake bombs. Not exactly the same thing. But, no, you know. Kimmy well, gets giggly on sake bombs. By the way, <laughs> who doesn't? Do I remember you pointing to stuff like references to I, you pointing to things when characters oh, were doing things? Oh, that's things? right. Yes, Frickin buy a freaking fan. Buy a fan. Oh, buy a fan yeah. and have mm-hmm. that shit in your hand all yep. the time, and yep. and sit and hold it and just and it, so that people can't. see Oh yeah, your there face. was this mm. dude being coquettish mm. with the yeah. fan flirting with Dave's. Yeah, I think you scarred when, Dave for yeah. life I with did. that. By the I way, did. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I also would use the fan and shh, because I got to get a decent one. Don't get like the, you know, the little paper and. Little yeah. Kinsey plastic one. Spend $7 and get one that's made out of material and you can. Bamboo it up. with nice paper. And then you close it and then you point to the tenants of Bushido yeah. and you say, you are not being sincere. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's what I remember you. Yeah. 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 I used to do that like, all the time. You know, know, um, what, know what you're doing and how you're playing. And right. if you intend to do that, right on. Like, but. Also, the L5R book is one of the few role-playing game books, like large ones, that I read from back, to, from front to back. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Clearly, I'd I haven't be more done impressed that. if you read it back to front. <laughs> I, I, well, that's the way it was written, no. or sideways, <laughs> right? But because um, it gives you, it starts with the creation myth of the world. That's what the book oh, starts with. Cool. Which, because it's such a different type of fantasy game, mm-hmm. you really have to get your 
your mind around it. So I don't. If you didn't read that stuff, go back and read that. And they, they don't have wizards and stuff, right? They have Shugenja. They Shugenja. Yeah. They're priests. Okay. They're priests who can control the kami, right, which but, are the spirits. But the yeah. religion of, of Rokugan is animistic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, so it's not like they have gods per se. They have spirits. Sure. Yeah. Um, and like I was thinking, given that you know we have this room now, if you were to do a null five hour game again, mm-hmm. um, I was thinking I would uh, calligraph on oh, rice the, paper the seven, the, ten- tenets. the seven tenets of mm, Bushido. That'd be fun. Oh, and yeah. it'd be on camera. Yep. Yeah. Um, just put it right there. Well, I was going <laughs> to put each one on a separate, separate banner. Mm. Oh, um, there you go. So that they're oh, like the, like yeah. the little. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh, that'd be exactly. So awesome. That'd be so, so awesome. Just an idea. If you ever yes. decide you want to run L five R again, well, we'll see. I, I, I did, I, I'm. I don't know if the people that bought L five R, they make the chicken entrail dice, and I hope they don't use them for that. Mm. Um, FFG uh, FFG bought the L five R. Yeah, but they haven't put out a new a new version of just it yet. Just the card game. Yeah, just, just the card game. Everyone says the card game is fantastic. Every, haven't played what, I, what it, I've so. heard. Yeah, I mean, this the Star Wars card game they put out is really fun to play, but again, it takes an hour and a half to set up all the pieces, and this card <laughs> yeah. goes here, and this card has to go sideways, so make sure you put that in the right place, and then, yeah. And then, playing the game, <clears throat> super fun. FFG, please stop adding so many things. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they've, they've come out with... The uh, fiddly bits. That's that's what... They've come out with... They're, well, they're, they're either announced they're coming... I think they've announced they're going to come out with... A sort of, gen- they're not generic, but they're coming out with their own line of role-playing games, unlicensed, mm. that use a similar die mechanic to the Star Wars. Oh, okay. The, the the narrative dice they really like, and it's kind of their shtick. Sure. Well, yeah, because you have to buy their dice if you want to play their game. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it, there are many things I like about the Star the FFG Star Wars games. I am running as an FFG Star Wars campaign right, right now, and we're having a lot of fun with it. There are things about the way the game plays that are a little bit of a struggle for me. And mm. character creation is so complex. Yeah, ha- have you it does not the, need to be the PBTA Star Wars. Oh yeah, that Andrew yeah. Medeiros did. Yeah, that's fucking brilliant in my opinion. It's it's so streamlined. It captures the essence and the feel of Star Wars. And uh, yeah, well, I I could do Star Wars in you know any one of a half a dozen different game systems sure. if I wanted to. Absolutely. But we specifically wanted to play this game. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And Because you, you want to try out the fiddly dice. And yeah, try out the fiddly narrative dice yeah. and see how they work. Yeah. I, I tried it. There's a... Yeah. <laughs> they have a Conan uh, game, I think. FFG does? I think so. Hmm. Uh, all right. Thank you, Eric, from New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Fixing boring combat yeah. from Zach in Chicago. Do you want this one or do you want me to? Uh, go for it. Okay. My kind of town My Chicago yep. is. Hey, do and the stoosh bags. <laughs> stoosh bags. That that's, sounds like a Saturday morning Is that a new too. one? That sounds, that's a new one. That that's, is a new yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> Scrappy do and the stoosh bags. Yeah, it sounds like something <laughs> off that oh. you found a bag of. Like, oh, no. Oh, uh, I... Someone yeah. left a bag of stoosh on my porch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> One more thing before we get to the, the letter letter. Uh, it sounds like Sergito is putting uh, together on the forum he wants to run a play-by-post L5R court, court game. Mm. Oh, awesome. He runs yeah. a lot of L5R. Yeah, yeah. he does. Awesome. He runs a lot of L5R. Yep, it's one of his uh, systems. Yeah. Cool. So check out the forums. Yeah, so look uh, for that. Yeah. And, and, and uh, let, uh, if you actually get players and are going to run it, let me know. I can set you up a little 
slice of heaven there on the forum. Ooh, sweet. sweet. Nice. Official. Yeah. yeah. Official crap. I recently finished playing in a Savage Worlds game set in a 1930s pulp setting. I found part of the cinematic fight really boring, and I'd like to hear your recommendations for how to fix it. Uh, for the record, it's climactic fight. Just because that, that might make a point. Oh, a part of the yeah. climactic <laughs> fight, really yeah. boring. Sorry. Um, it was a cl- cl- climatic fight? Like, Thunder <laughs> was over here? Yes, I, I don't know. I'm, my, you know. I was just a dumb amunal. <laughs> Uh, the fight was in a treasure room in an underground tomb in a desert. Well, that sounds familiar. Uh, we had just found a I magic helmet. Did you find a spear, too? Because I was a spear to go with my magic helmet. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> when some Nazi soldiers ambushed us from the entrance and started shooting. The character interacting with the helmet had some interesting choices as he discovered what it could do. But once my character was in a good tactical position, I just rolled my shooting every oh, turn. Yeah. When turn came around to me, I shoot at the Nazi that's most threatening. Roll my shooting dice. When it came back around, I shoot at the Nazi that's most threatening. Roll my shooting dice. Repeat for more, for around three more turns and in total of at least 30 minutes of real time. That was only minute? 30 minutes? 30 and minutes. Savage Worlds. Yeah. Savage Worlds tends to go a little faster unless you have monsters with or, or bad guys with very high target numbers. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it can, then it gets frustratingly long. I eventually got so bored that I tried jumping down the entrance stairs to land a kick on an approaching Nazi soldier, but I had forgotten that I had no points in fighting. Oh well, that's so yeah. I would have been rolling <laughs> at a large disadvantage. One d four minus two. One d four minus two. <laughs> Another player spent their adventure card with special rules to give me points in fighting for the encounter, so I could attempt the move. That's a nice card. That's a nice card. But without that extra rules exception, I wouldn't have had a chance to try anything different. Uh, The fight just felt boring because the only thing that made sense for my character was to keep shooting every turn, and Savage Worlds didn't provide much depth to that. We'll come back to that. Uh, The choice was always the same. How can I, as a player, and anyone as a GM, avoid this situation in the future? Should I broaden out my character to have more than one combat focus? What can the GM do to make each round interesting? Should we play something with more complexity to the mechanics? No. E.g., tracking more resources? No. No. In, re- in retrospect, no, I if think... 30, if 30 minutes is boring you for a combat, you yeah. don't want a resource tracking. Yeah, you, you, you don't add complexity. You don't want the, 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 the fiddliness that is other things. Because the way I look at it, 30 minutes ain't so bad. 30 for, minutes ain't so bad. In retrospect, I think I could have done more on my own to mix it up, such as using the treasure in the room to my advantage, but the GM didn't mention it once we entered combat, so I think I completely forgot we weren't in an empty room. Mm. Uh, thanks for all the help and all the laughs over the years. Zach in Chicago. P.S. Obligatory P.S. Mm. PPS, Stu, you should try watching Star Wars Rebels. Google Play has them sorted into sensible seasons. They're pretty pricey, but some of the episodes are worth are very worth it, especially in the later seasons. Uh, I, I also enjoy Star Wars Rebels, so uh, excellent. Yeah. I've watched. I start. Well, I, I I don't have whatever channel it's on, so I was buying it on Amazon. Yeah, me too. yeah, yeah I have it on Amazon as well. But then it's yeah. like, okay, here's a season that's like one episode, right? And yeah. it's twenty bucks. Yeah, I'm like. Yeah. Come on! Yeah, they kind of messed that up. But the most recent season was done very sensibly. Like okay. they figured it, they learned from that mistake. So, um, I like Rebels. I don't like it as well as I like Clone Wars. Clone oh, Wars Clone Wars is, is so good. Clone Wars is epically just, good. Yeah. That's um. So, but to talk about Zach's problem, yeah. Here, okay. 
problem the first was your GM. Yeah. Who primary responsibility? Who, Sorry, I'm muting the wrong people. Okay. Who did not um, do his job in illustrating what was going on and making what was going on more interesting, right? Or having more variation within the room, right? Um, part of the problem lies with the players who did not take the opportunity to make their own lives interesting. You had the right idea mm-hmm. to shake things up and jump down the stairs and try to land, you know, mix it up with some with some Nazis. Yeah, I mean, um, if you can punch a Nazi, you should definitely you take should always punch a Nazi yeah. at every opportunity. Yeah. Um, what was not? I'm going to just say that what was not at fault was the game system, because Savage Worlds, by design, the rules deal with the impact of a thing on the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, they do not deal with what it looks like. What it feels like. Yeah. The responsibility for that is entirely on the players. Yeah. And um, the other thing is, use all of them. Mm-hmm. Use all of the rules. Um, when, for example, um, somebody walks into a room and opens fire with a gun, my character's first reaction. Response is going to be: I take cover, right? Yeah, as because any reasonable person I want because should, as yeah. a re- that is what a reasonable person will do in that situation. Um, interestingly enough, I ran a 1930s pulp hmm. game in Savage Worlds um, with Nazis. With Nazis, there were loads and loads of Nazis, and Nazis are history's and, greatest punching bag. I know. Only have one. Pl- and rightfully so. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Only have one of the right. players yes. in the room right now. But did we ever have this problem where we had a fight that was boring because there was nothing going on in it? That was just over and over and over the same cycle of events. No, I, I. Th- there are definitely times, even in Savage Worlds, where if the dice go a certain way, or you just. You can't ever tell when you're going to one-shot the big bad sure. or when you're going to almost have a TPK versus yeah, that's, a bunch that's of... that's my complaint about Savage Worlds. Yeah. In, in general, yeah. I like the idea yeah. of it, but it's the dice system feels clunky yeah. sometimes. But I don't know. I love the dice, but it's just like if you're not going to... If you're going to miss your rolls and you're not going to explode dice, then you're just, you know... But, but I do agree with you that a lot of that is... Um, the players coloring what they're doing, and not just mm-hmm. like well, I shoot my gun. I, I shoot the other, my the gun. other thing is that I mean, especially if you have if a character has a high skill level and you can afford to do this, mm-hmm. you can t- take two actions at at, at, a, at a negative two penalty. Yeah. So you can say, oh, okay, I'm going to knock over this box of crates, and then I'm going to shoot the guy, right, so that he can't get close to me, right? Because mm-hmm. um, I don't have melee. One of our <laughs> our characters in that game, whose players shall remain, remain nameless, Gina, um, oh. was playing a, a gun mall. That's 1930s. Mm-hmm. And she was carrying a Thompson submachine gun in her purse. We don't ask how. Yeah, it's a big purse. It doesn't, doesn't matter how. Um, it was a purse of holding. I didn't have it yeah. in my purse. I had a different gun in my purse. Oh, oh you had it in the violin case. Yeah, I specifically uh, said I had yeah. this like some sort of... Oh, that's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Um, but but yeah, there's when, uh, some suspension when the Nazis, um, you know, when when they had a gun the the gunfight with the Nazis, the one I'm thinking about was in uh, some ruins, 
Um, her imme- the immediate thing that that Gina said to me was suppressing fire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a specific rule for that. There's too, a specific yeah. rule for that. So um, the point of that is understand the rules of what your character can do. Mm-hmm. Understand the things that the yeah. the edges and the hindrances and the abilities. If you're carrying an automatic weapon, you have suppressing fire. Yeah. You have auto fire. Make use of those things. Yeah. I will say there's there's a flip side to this conversation where I was running a D and D game and they were they had made their way in to fight the big boss in this underground layer mm-hmm. right and there was all this stuff there was a big like magic circle in the middle and piles of bodies and a balcony and like a waterfall and a fire and like there was all this interesting stuff that you could do and I did keep mentioning like okay there's a balcony you, you make here, use this, of those right? things but the players got into position. Yes. And every single one of them, I shoot my bow. I cast magic yeah. missile. I do this. I do this. Because somehow they had yep. locked down the guy. I don't remember exactly what happened. But they put themselves in a situation where they didn't need to move around. And they just sort of did It happens right? with a lot of combat. It does. So, right. And because, I mean, when you get into a position, it's like, okay, especially if you're a ranged weapon. Right. I'm in a good position to, for a ranged weapon. Sure. Yeah. Why would I like, move? I get right. the logic yeah. of that, but there was just there was so no, much they could mean. have taken advantage of like it. They don't. So that's yeah. that's the flip side of this argument of right. um, the players and the GM need, need to sort of have that yeah, give and it's take. Like if you are watching like a pulpy, <laughs> a pulpy adventure or a film noir, like is the person really just going to like everybody's going to go vroom? like a magnet towards the guy or are they going to take cover behind the couch and mm-hmm. you know raise up yeah. every once in a while and shoot yeah. or another way you could shake this this particular situation up hand grenades mm-hmm. sure but they'd have to be there either right. if the players didn't yeah. bring any then just carry hand grenades sure yes. yeah they had the little potato mashers yeah, yeah. but the 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 point though is is the same the the surroundings the the thing the the character's abilities Understand what you have to work with, and you make use of all of it, and that's on all of, on everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, yeah. we, you, and many of us have said many times that role playing kind of grinds to a halt once a combat map comes yeah. out. Mm-hmm. And I think players will start to look at the map itself, and they start thinking of it in terms of tactics. Yeah, like, a board game, <clears throat> right? Where is the place to be? What's where, what's the smart thing to do? And that's mm-hmm. what they do because they want to. They want to win the combat. Obviously, they don't want their characters yeah. to get killed. So Unless gonna, you have Gina well, in, as in your game, who has both curious and naive hindrances, or mm-hmm. Stork, who's like, yeah. "I'm going to go down this hallway yeah. on my own." On my own. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, I got new abilities. Lokio said in the chat room uh, that the solution is that you have to make being awesome awesome mechanically, mm-hmm. and and that is to your kind of your point, Jason, earlier where. You know, there, I I have a lot of fun playing Savage Worlds, but there are systems that don't, you know, necessarily exploit those. Yeah. You know, make you be creatively, or uh, DCC is one of those where it's like you get the extra little stunt die and you get to yeah. do a flourish. Or, to your or I'll tell you, like being awesome in D anD D is rarely that satisfying. You could have a plus ten yeah. to right. your roll, which is. Fucking huge and unbeatable, right? Yep. You you know what? You roll a two on that die, and yeah. and you're just out of luck, and there's no recourse for that, right? You know, and that's okay. Fine, have a bigger bonus, or that's just a bad luck roll, or whatever. But 
when you roll uh, under a five, five rolls in a row, yeah. it feels pretty unsatisfying. It gets, it gets frustrating. Uh, and yeah. I think yeah. when you have a game like uh, Powered by the Apocalypse or something like that, or, or Savage Worlds is a little bit better too because it's multiple dice and you have a bell curve of probability and you have something to yeah. ameliorate the effect of like, my awesome character does not feel awesome. You know, like... That's that's less exciting. Now, the other thing I love about Powered by the Apocalypse or Masks... It's not a bell curve. It's an inverted V. <laughs> well, it's... <laughs> Two dice. The best games use three. Okay. Just saying. Okay. That's the bell curve. The yeah. hero system. Yep. Hero system. And GURPS. Yeah. More <laughs> dice is better. I agree. It flattens but it out. The point yeah. is... Yeah. Th- also, none of those games really encourage cooperation the way that Powered by the Apocalypse does, yeah. when you can take a uh, defend move or an assist yeah. move and you're actually doing something together and it's encouraging that storytelling and you're being rewarded for doing so, where um, you know in D&D, if I turn around and I say, well, I want to help Gina do this thing, I just don't get to do my cool thing. Yeah. You know, that's right. that's all it is. Is yeah. Oh, okay, well, let's all ramp up and make sure Gina can cast Fireball next turn because that's the right. only thing that's going to work. Well, okay, five other people sacrifice their turns and, you know, don't get to do anything that fun. Right. You so. know what, what's really interesting is that I, for me, and I think it depends on the player totally, so this isn't the story games are the answer for all those things, but that is definitely playing story games and stuff like Powered By uh, have influenced how yeah. I play all games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Because even if I don't, I will. I will literally give up a tur- turn, you know, in D and D to do a charactery thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do the same thing because now because it's not fun yeah. to to not do that. Yeah, yeah. And Heavy Metal just said that's why she doesn't use maps. And I know we've talked about that before, where it's theater of the mind versus. Yeah, in anything know. but D and D, I get it, but D and D requires it. Really equipment. does. Even this guy in this situation, if the guy had drawn out a map and said, "There's a bunch of." Cargo over here. Yeah, cargo. He wouldn't gold, have forgotten There's about all this it, other right? stuff. Yeah. That this there's this glowing thingy over here. Like it's it, it is very easy because I've done it. I've gotten into this trap myself where you get into a combat and particularly if the combat drags on a little bit, where you get into the okay, what's the next thing that happens? Mm. Okay, what's the next thing? I roll a hit. I roll a hit. I roll a hit. I roll a hit. And as as GMs, we need and and I'm talking to myself here. We need to have the awareness to go, we're spiraling. Mm-hmm. We've right. got yeah. to break out of the spiral, and and you've got to shake things up. You've got to move, you know, move things in a different direction. Well, I mean, what one of the things is, at least for me, for the most part, combat isn't interesting. The resolution of the combat mm-hmm. yeah. is the interesting yeah. part. Yeah. Power by the Apocalypse game is, correct me if I'm wrong, because I have yet to play one, shut up, is um, <laughs> that can very often get get resolved in a, a couple, one or two dice rolls. Uh, maybe, yeah, it depends on can. what's happening. Depends yeah. on what's happening. Um, you have to give yourself a little bit of credit, because you've played dogs. Yeah, I've played dogs in the vineyard, but that's right. not Apocalypse. No, it's not, but a lot of Vincent's brain... Went that, into dogs. That went into. Yeah, that's true. I've never played Apocalypse it, World. It, is. it starts in that game. Weird dice mechanic. That's a whole picking. The yeah, dice no, no, no. It's definitely it's not powered by, but it's like 
I kind of talked about this a few podcasts ago, and it's a total tangent. But it's like it's the the powered by is not just about the two the two D six and the mm-hmm. you know six and under seven and right. nine, and there's the kind of narrative yeah. storytelling. It, it's like. Yeah. Well, to me, that seven and nine though is what makes it so good. Yeah, is the the shitty success, right? right? And that's <clears throat> like I kind of suggested in BBT, but the chat room was all no, no, make a terrible failure, um, <laughs> which is fine, right? Like everybody wants different things from their game, but the thing that gets me so fired up and has made me into an apostle of the apocalypse is that idea of yeah, there's the fail scale, right? Two to six is fail. Seven and up, you basically did what you want to do. If you got ten or better, critical success, great job. Right. But that seven and nine range is like you kind of did it, and some shitty stuff yeah, happens well, too. Go ahead. No, and it's just it's that fiction first uh-huh. that generates the moves that give you the hits, the seven to nine or the miss. So it's mm-hmm. fiction first. But- before you're saying, right. oh, I hit and here's the color on my hit, mm-hmm. it's like I'm going to go do this thing, and it's like what does that trigger okay. in the game? See, that, that, that to me makes, sounds more palatable than what the FFG Star Wars thing is. Yeah, it's like, exactly. okay, you, okay yes. yeah, you shot the guy, yeah. but you also got a despair and yeah. you got like yes. four complications. It's, it's way more well, organic. You know what that is a little bit like? The way you just said that, I never really thought about this before, is uh, fate. Yeah. Where you it's have to like calculate the, everything after the role. Well, and the and because the role in fate is the start of the narrative, mm-hmm. and it's like where does the narrative or it's grow the middle from of the that? Narrative. Yeah, because mm, there might be yeah. narrative that leads up to it, and then right. there's a die no, roll, and then there there's is. more narrative. That but on that action, rolling yeah. your dice is the start, is the start of, of, it. of that right. narration. Right. So that's interesting. One of the things, you know, the the seven nine, you know, but the thing is that even on a six minus in, in a powered by game. That doesn't mean we don't advance the story. Right. That doesn't mean we don't advance right. the thing that right. happened. What it means is that something really interesting happened too. Well, yeah, if you're, just, in, it's if not you're in combat, correct me if I'm wrong. If you're in combat, that means the GM gets a move. Uh-huh. Means that the GM. Can it's you it's not just a big whiff, right? You know, it's Whereas not. with with D and D, you know, don't get me wrong. Love D and D. Love uh-huh. one. Yeah, but I with D and D, you roll a, fi- a a lower than a five. Chances are you're, you're going to wait you're, 10, the thing 10 you're not ha- you wanted to do did not happen. Yep, right. You did not. It's just a whiff. Smack the the Efreet with the thing that would send him back to his home plane. Right, right. <laughs> or or the flip side, you you get off this awesome spell that has a resist. I have like a minus one to my wisdom, and I roll an eighteen. Right. Oh, I made it. I made the DC. Right. Yeah. yeah. Too mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. <laughs> Sucks to be you. Yeah. You know. Uh, relative D pod. Drink again. Oh, cheers. Uh-oh. Sweet. Drinking. I can do that. But, um, and, and I think this is true for for all games, not just this circumstance that he's talking about. Um, but you don't get so bound up in the idea of of. The, of the dice. Let the dice resolve the narrative thing that you're doing. Right. Rather than just be, okay, I'm gonna shoot the I'm gonna shoot the next Nazi. Also, the if you're getting bored in a half hour combat, and I would say half hour combat in most role playing games is speedy. Is pretty is, fast. Is fucking amazing. Right. Honestly. Well certainly I mean D I think D D Pathfinder or Pathfinder's but is an outlier. Yes. 
I would say. Yeah. Uh, Shadowrun combat is extensively. Um, is it okay? Yeah. So, um, Zach, I, I've got a listening suggestion for you, and this is not to toot my own horn. On our on our actual play feed, go back and find a series of games called Sturmgeist. Because it is a Savage Worlds 1930s era pulp game. Is that S-T-U-R-M? S-T-U-R-M-G-E-I-S-T. Don't look for my 1930s Savage Worlds pulp game because I didn't record it and all they did was kill a bear. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to I rerun my Nazis on Dinosaurs game. <sighs> That was a lot of fun. Oh my god, that was my one of my con games. Oh really? Yeah. What the hell was that game called? But it, it was Savage Worlds. Mm. Yeah, Nazis, it was on, Nazis dinosaurs. on dinosaurs. I, I used to run it in um, in space. I, I ran it in Aberrant, and then I ran it in Wild Talents. Yeah. And now I want to run it in Masks. I, I think it would be a lot more cool. fun in Masks. And, yeah. and Stark is totally missing it because apparently now I am all I am raging people on wh- whatever I said that was super. What'd you say? What did you say? I don't know. Oh, they're just something mad. about they're just mad at you. Yeah, saying something. I apparently said that uh, fate was like the chicken entrail dice, and that <laughs> I said. Well, you, you did else. kind of make that no, illusion. No, I didn't. But you I do. said you, you have to divine the dice. So it's a bunch of pluses and minuses. And it's a springboard for out further the stuff narration. After, right. yeah. Yeah. yeah, I did you, not say you, it was you, this chicken entrail. No, game. that's what she said. That's exactly yeah. what she said. <laughs> yeah. Go totally, to the forum. It's totally what I said. You probably play back. Give her what for? And suddenly, what I said. Totally going to be what you said. I said so. That's totally true. What you you did draw a line between them? No. Oh, Monkey yeah. Fun Dave! How dare you? Right? <laughs> I know. I'm a I'm a fake gamer girl. I mean, how how dare you have opinions about any of this? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, creating a group from creating a group from Manuel. Manuel. Well, your turn, G. Oh, okay, cool. Unless you've read, you've read, right? Nope. Oh yeah. I know. Well, and Sergito's like, stop being so damn divisive. <laughs> I yeah. Am. You are. Okay. Yeah, I was going to talk to you I about am. your behavior on the phone. <laughs> I know, and I'm I'm pretty outspoken on the podcast. Yep. Lots of hate mail. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Everyone should get hate mail. I know. That's kind of true. If you don't have it's somebody complaining true. about you once in a while, you probably not say anything valuable. It's true. <laughs> Go back to the kitchen and put down the dice. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's that gets the double. Well, I fingers. thought it was going to be double bird. Yeah. yeah. No, that was hilarious because yeah. I know I know where that comes. It was mm. it was hilarity. Yeah, oh totally. totally. Yeah. <laughs> hilarity that could still deserve to be flipped off. That's really funny. I, one of my crowning achievements in high school was getting my theater teacher to flip me off. Uh, she was so infuriated with me. Yeah, maybe I, maybe I, the way I said it was really stupid. Uh, but Vampire Fifty Four so sweetly says, "I agreed with what Gina said, but maybe I thought of it differently, <laughs> interpreted differently." Yeah. Well, yeah. no, no, I, I, I got the point you were Aww. making. <laughs> That's and it made sense, <laughs> and you were right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was funny because I was like, "What I say? What I say?" It was funny. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you made an allusion it's to the two the things in the same breath. I did. Is really what you did. Yeah. No, I, it was blasphemy. I know it was. I was. Yeah. <sighs> See, what you guys don't know is, I on my character sheet in real life, I have stuff written you don't even know about. <laughs> <laughs> and every once in 
a while, you got to make an insight check. That's funny. That's right. There's shit creeping out <laughs> all the time. Yeah. I'm really. That's like when you've had a lot of curry and yeah. there's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a, that's a whole different thing. It's a different kind of shit. She said shit creeping out. That's yeah. all I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> That's just because I hit 40 this year, man. <laughs> no, that was awesome. No, it was totally oh, awesome. Oh, did you? Congratulations. Uh, yeah. It's all downhill from here. Yeah, oh, happy. April. I turned 40 in April. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah. We've got a decade on you, dude. Uh, and <laughs> congratulations you, to you. <laughs> you guys are funny. Better you than me. <laughs> that was good. Tri-Cupto. I know. <laughs> Sorry if I said stupid things, but I can't watch. Sorry, the not sorry. Right <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm good. Okay, creating uh, a group from Manuel. From Manuel, hey douche, douche, <laughs> and the douches. You're douchey. That's what it does. Yes, I, I get it. Um, I've written in twice about my terrible gaming experiences and the Stockholm syndrome that makes me want to go back again. Oh, <laughs> you, me, and Patty Hearst. <laughs> oh boy. It worked out finally. I've mastered two one-shots recently, which were really good. The second one was zero prep, and the people asked me to do a campaign. We're, oh my god, we're playing Blades in the Dark in a steampunk Warhammer Whoa. 40k I world. I want to play that. Such I, an awesome game. Can I be your friend, man? Is there a PBTA 40k? No, um, I think no, the there's a, is making it up. Uh, Blades in the Dark is a PBTA. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh my okay, god, Blades great. in the Dark is my new. Have to go look yeah. up. It is spectacular. Look I, up. Yeah, total tangent. Is it? Is it a, like a Warhammer 40k riff? No, no. it's a, a gothic steampunk. Oh, okay. Oh, but that would fit in Warhammer easy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it is so elegant and such a an amazing game. Yeah. Um, is it readable? Unlike the yeah, itself? it's. Uh, yeah, I think that the tricky part of it was that it, it took so long to make sure that it got nailed down and was really working the way uh, that John Harper wanted it to work. That, you know, it took, there was a lot of playing it before it even, yeah. we had hard copies in our yeah, hands. Yeah, we, we, we started yeah. several months before it came out because um, our GM had a pre-release version. And we had played several months, and by the time the actual book yeah. came out, we were done. Oh really? Funny. <laughs> yeah. No, it's. it's oh, was it put out by Evil Hat? Yes. Yes. Oh, it okay. wasn't initially. It was a Kickstarter, and then Evil Hat put it up and put it out and, and distributed oh my God, it. Oh it. Such a good game. Yeah, really? it was. It came up today because I was like, "Hey, I bet you could kind of refiddle, reskin Blades in the Dark to do the Expanse." Mm-hmm. Anyway. Because it's really Excuse cool. me, I'm leaving now. I have to go do something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Hey, uh, in the other news, I've uh, made a little bit of progress on my PBTA. You have. That I'm working on. Sweet. I had um, jury duty last week and this week, and I took my laptop with me, and Rage worked on it in between, in, like in our oh little breaks. Oh, my God, that's awesome. I was like, I'm going to put work in on this and show you. I don't know who I was showing, but I was, right. I was Rage working Excellent. on it. So hopefully. Are you still in, are you still in jury duty or out? Matt, we finished today. Okay. We, we had a verdict and we're done. Excellent. Cool. Okie dokie. Uh, so they're doing Blades in a steampunk Warhammer 40k world. It will be me and six players who rotate depending on who <coughs> has time. So max play four players per session, though, uh, which is awesome. Yes. I'm four. really looking forward the to it. The number shall be four. Yes. Four shall be the number of the players, yep. and the number of the players shall be four. 
Really looking forward to it, but thinking back, most of my campaigns got the death sentence at character creation. So I need this to go well. In the campaign, they play some kind of criminal gang, from smugglers over assassins to cult, and have to survive and rise in a very hostile city. It's a pretty hippie game, so lots of rule of cool type awesome. of stuff, I right? Approve. Rule of cool is awesome. Yep. And while the setting is dark, the one-shots always went way overboard. As they should. Mm. Uh, well, one-shots. Uh, the rule book encourages building characters through play, so I don't expect more than a paragraph or two of backstory. I don't want much in-group conflict since I fear it will escalate quickly into my character character wouldn't work with these people. Mm. This is pertinent to our yeah, conversation earlier. Classic. Right? Mm -hmm. How can I get the players to connect characters in a meaningful way? How should I handle players that dislike the game type that the others want to play or want to play characters that don't fit in, besides simply shutting them down? What are your tips and tricks to guide a group of four to six players to create a coherent group that is enjoyable for everybody? Really good question. Danke schön. Uh, have a drink. We'll do their drink. P.S. I'm also starting to play in a new campaign, but we play an obscure old German system from the 80s. Is it the same one that other oh guy was God, talking about? Oh my God, what about the black eye? That would be the amazing. Auga. 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 Yeah. Auga. Exactly. What's Stu said. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. PPS. Thanks for answering my email so quickly. PPPS. If you read the email after I already have my session zero... Fuck you. We may yeah. have. It's, this yeah. is like a two and a half week old email. Oh, oh all right. sorry. Uh, well, I got to jump I, into some of this. I think yeah, you I should. I'm trying to get Work backwards. Okay. Yeah. Um, We've talked about this before. Tips and tricks to guide a group of players to create a coherent group yeah. that is enjoyable for everybody. Tell them they have to. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, in, that's <laughs> in Blades, <laughs> you set up the, the group. Before you actually create the characters, yeah, you oh, okay. just tell everybody you have to agree what this and is. Are we smugglers? Are yeah, we assassins? They, they have to come to a meeting of the minds about that. Now that might be that you know it's like okay, maybe I don't really want to be a smuggler, and everybody else does, but I have to get on board with being a smuggler. You can yeah, be a, or, can you be a smuggler who doesn't want to be a smuggler? Yeah, I, yes, I'm an enforcer for this smuggler group. I don't actually right. smuggle anything, but I carry a heavy stick and follow right. them around. Right. You know, like you can do all kinds of stuff and, with that. And within any kind of of gang, because that's what you're doing. You're creating a gang, mm -hmm. and the, you start out as a very very low level gang, and the goal is to you know mm -hmm. become a higher level gang and get more power <coughs> and expand your your turf. And whatnot, and um, within the gang, there are all manner of different roles. Yes. I mean, you've got um, you might even be a chef. Your assassins <laughs> guild might need a chef. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's a chef, but, um, but you could have one. Is there a playbook? Um, I don't there's think there's a, a chef there's playbook. Not a chef yeah, playbook. there's not a chef playbook. <laughs> but 
Um, you can you, totally you go, you go make those shitty playbooks and put them on drive through. How dare you? <laughs> the chef. I'm gonna make yeah. With the like cleavers, like this is the best assassin ever. No one right. expects him. He's oh, got poison okay, and go. cleavers and yeah, yeah, yeah. With the shotgun That's tape the on the underside of That's the, the cutter. Of That's the, the cutter. Table. Yeah, well, so right. you can you can play an assassin. You can be a cutter. There's who's a, a chef. chef. Who's a chef? Yeah. yeah, that's all I mean. You yeah. can do that. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, you can totally do that. Okay. I'm down with Ho- Hopefully, this he hasn't had first session yet because the other thing I want to say is when you sit down to decide all this stuff, it has to be a session where all six people are there. Yes. You cannot do this with some people missing because all of the tie-ins and character stories and all that <coughs> matters and you can't just fill people in yeah. later. If it's this type of game, you you must yeah. have everyone there. Also, um, to get the characters to connect, um, there are bonds. The bonds sure. have meaning. The bonds have teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was actually looking and I, I redid my iPad so I don't have my I don't remember there being. There's not typical PBTA bonds they're, in that they're game. Different, but they're it's no, I don't. I well, yeah, they're different. They're different bonds. You can that totally you, you can yeah. hijack the ones from the Star Wars. Oh, game. totally. Um, the Star Wars game one is very easily modified, and then go grab the when we first came together from masks, mod that a little bit. And that will pull your whole session together. Yeah, and and truly, I mean, there are a lot of Stu does a lot of uh, character creation questions, or you can ask Bond questions mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. to establish right. that anyway. Um, and go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, this is not Blades, but I could totally get playing <coughs> a faction or a gang that maybe you know, if you have six people and four people want to do something, and two feel really inspired by something else, you're going to go with the majority rules. And you're going to have to try to have player buy-in for that other piece. But just find a way, you know, player-wise, that you would create a character that you would still have fun playing that buys into that group concept. Yeah, or is a friend of yeah. the team. Or, yeah. yeah, exactly. You I mean, just like, figure it uh, out. In Firefly, Shepard Book is not a smuggler. <laughs> you know? Oh, he's yeah. Right. He's oh, not, exactly. I mean, it does turn out he's lots of things. But, yeah. but like, that, that when that guy sat down to make his character, <laughs> you know... Uh, he's very different. I want to play a cleric. Yeah, he's very yeah. different who's a, from who's a ninja Jane and Zoe <laughs> and, Mal and even the pilot who has right. something active it's to do all the time. Um, yeah, he he, yeah. he rolled a monk, and right. it was very different from all yeah. the other. And he has this the moral quandary all the time, and you and know, you you can create a character who. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> You can you can no. create a character who doesn't really want. No, you can't play a ninja. Who doesn't want to be a smuggler? Mm-hmm. You can you can create that character. However, what's going on in the game is smuggling. Right. So yeah, you need to find a way to fit yourself into the scenario, even if it's if it's not something that you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to say, or skip and play the next game. Or skip if and play really, the like, oh, totally. I'm morally opposed to smugglers. Yeah, you're like, I hate that game. I played 92 games of that. You're not playing yourself, yeah. so you can, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's my feeling. <laughs> um, the, the, problem, Wait, the problem my home group has is everybody sits down. We have all the playbooks for a, a new you know, bunch of classes or whatever, and everybody's saying, uh, I'll pick whatever. Somebody else right? pick first. Because... Uh, no, but everybody has like four playbooks they they want to play and they can't decide and yeah. they're like somebody pick these so I can narrow down my choices. Put um, some dice on a table. Roll, roll, <coughs> pick. Yeah. yeah. Now I get in pick. trouble for doing that all the time. Yeah. I'm like, well, no, I'll turn pick them left. upside down and I'll say, okay, pick, pick one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I, I got to do a little play test of Urban Shadows, and oh, went, cool. before I went, I said, okay, when I get there, I'm either going to play the Fae or the Wolf, and that'll help me narrow it down, because I'd read oh, it totally. ahead of time. I'm like, I, re- I want to do this play test. And um, I got there. Nobody wanted the Fae or Wolf, but I just went, I want to play the Vamp. <laughs> like, just completely changed my mind at the last minute. And that's like, okay. You know, yeah. that's that sort of thing happens when uh, with these types of games. Yep. Uh, but that was also partially because I heard kind of the other ideas at the table, and I was like, "Oh, I have a really yeah. good idea for a vampire that would yep. fit into what's happening here. I'm going to yep. do that." Right. You know. Now I, I have something to say about the four to six players, but you're going to have a max of four. <clears throat> I tried that with tomorrow. What was it called? Uh, oh, your uh, Ashes of Exodus. Yeah. Ashes of Exodus. There's something that happens when there is a larger group of people than the number of people you need. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically what happens is it murders accountability. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> so when, when, yes. when there's five people who are responsible for making sure that one thing gets done, it almost never gets done. Because they always assume yeah. that one of the other people is going to do yes. it. So I would o- strongly consider finding four committed players. Yeah. I, the, the You're going to have more success that way. The way we did this is uh, for my actual my regular home game is like six or seven people total. Um, but I set that up with the knowledge of if everyone shows up, I will still run it. Right. Right. And it is whoever shows up that day will get the next part of the story. And if you don't show up, you're, you're going to your character's going to miss out and you're going to be doing right. something else. And and that's fine. But the ultimate decision was. Not everyone, you know, there's going to be most weeks, not everyone shows up, and we just roll forward. Yeah. And, and that's the understanding <laughs> with everybody in that game. They know ahead of time, yeah, if everyone shows up, we'll run it. But we picked a number that we knew, okay, if it gets to six or seven, that's a big game, but we'll, we'll muscle through it right. the once a year that that actually happens. Right. <laughs> right. So I, I ran the fourth edition D&D game I ran, which at one point got up to like 11. That is too many. Stupid. Yeah. But I, I would not even deal with characters missing. Oh, yeah. You just don't even mention them. <laughs> yeah. I, I Even with four, if I've got one person out, I they're just not there. Mm. I, I don't or, usually... Or they're doing something cool. And I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Kimmy was out for our last Masks game. Mm-hmm. And I we didn't even talk about what she did. She just wasn't, was not present. Right. Yeah. She I, went I will, out for a smoke. I will let her tell me what you know on Monday when we play again. I will yeah. let her tell me what she was doing for. I'll be fascinated to find out what my glitter boy was doing <laughs> in the last game session because yep. it ended. Oh, definitely. I, I knew what I was gonna do. I'm, I was gonna jump over the wall and go chase and start chasing after the things that attacked us. Yeah, but I didn't tell anyone that. So <laughs> <laughs> I may have been like repairing my suit or something. Well, for for Manuel's question, I think like my my two cents is. How do I get the players to connect in a meaningful way? Yeah. Make bonds. Them. Right. Yeah. yeah. You go through bonds. The Star Wars yep. bonds, I think, are the best ones. The ones in masks are great, but there's only two each. And there's uh, there's another another way you could approach that, and that is in fate when you're creating at you can when you're creating aspects. The last three are called the crossing paths, and the first one you create for yourself, and it is the my first adventure when I left home. Mm-hmm. Then you hand your character sheet to somebody else at the table, and they go from that one and they they create one for themselves. That is how they figured into your oh, adventure. 
That's a fun way to do it. And um, the same for the third one. And so that could be a, a good way for you to do that. Yeah. But I think the point is that if these players are not used to automatically doing that, <coughs> you need to prompt them. Right. Like you got to give them, prompt. give them a seed. That is a prompt. The bonds are a prompt. prompt. Yep. That's, a, that's a way to do that. The how and, we and first tell came them together ahead of time. <clears throat> you guys are going to make characters who are going to uh, work together. You're a yes. gang. Yes. Right. You are all on the same that's team. A, we had that. We had that uh, guy that had suggested. Uh, Give the play. Do you remember the, the the everyone rushes out into an alley and there's a dead body, and four people go chasing off after the guy who shot him. Make one of those four. Make people. one of those four people. Oh, yeah, that's that's a fun <clears throat> idea. So that that way, you give them the the, the 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 beginning instance of the game. Here's how the game is going to yeah. start. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Five it, people it, step up and say, "I'll help." Yeah. Make one of those four in, people. In the case of yeah. blades, it's oh, you have created a gang of whatever. Now make a character who would be part of that gang. Yes. For whatever reason. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing that I like to do sometimes if you don't have blades or one of these prompts in front of you is uh, like what we did in Desert of Despair is something I do a lot where um, the beginning, the very first adventure is, all right, you guys just beat this dragon or, you know, whatever. You just overcame this thing. What did your character do there? Right. Right? And then we're all automatically yeah. talking about Absolutely. what you did in the past and what now you're at the party, <laughs> right? You know, telling everybody about how this went and what the awesome thing that you did there, and you know what you did together. Another thought, keying off of that, would be okay. So you fought the dragon, and you are now celebrating. Tell me what Gina did. Oh yeah, that was so, in that fight that was so cool. Absolutely, yeah. Now, what was the thing? And it, and I would frame it that way. What was the thing that they did that was so awesome? Sure. Oh, and if I have players who've never <laughs> gamed before, I will even do this before we pick classes and everything else. Uh-huh. Because somebody will go, uh, I think I used a bow and arrow. Cool. Let's make a ranger. You know? Mm-hmm. Or a fighter that's an archer. Or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But yeah, um, you're going to get their gut instinct of what they think feels cool. And that's what they should uh, do. Bill Roper played in a game... Not long ago, where they had no idea what their character was when they started, and so like a thing would happen. Like you're you're standing in the middle of the street, and there's a horse barreling down the street at you. What do you do? Mm. Is uh, I nimbly dodge out of the way. Oh, nimbly sounds like you're good at dexterity. Put down a sixteen for your dex. Oh, right. Nice, <laughs> nice. I like that. Oh yeah, that was the Scott Kurtz. That was the Scott yeah. Kurtz game. Yeah, but yeah. that's so a cool you, idea too. If you punch the horse. For daring to charge you, do you get a big strength? Bonus? I guess. Yes. <laughs> yes. Horse or a low intelligence. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe both. I right. can also see. I don't know. We kind of talked about this, but didn't. But the the fear when you're playing, kind of like a street gang, that there are going to be players, PB, you know, player versus player stuff. Yeah. So beyond the fact that people maybe weren't into the initial concept of the of the gang or the crew, um, just like worrying about people double crossing <coughs> yeah. and and kind of angling for power and that sort of thing and maybe you just I those mean, are the jam things where you have to sit down and go this isn't really a, a kind of game yeah. that interests me I, I just outright say yeah. like the, yeah. the player versus player is not a focus for of some this reason game. the four of you or the six of you are integral yeah integral to holding this group together and right. you've you well you recognize that, and yeah. because I'm not really into the infighting and the backstabbing and the in, court intrigue. In 
in Apocalypse World, one of the things that Vincent says is, your characters may not like each other, mm-hmm. but yeah. they are allies. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, the other thing is, uh, uh, on that point, is I don't just flatly say, no, you can't do that, but at the start of the game, I'm saying... Except okay, we're playing a ninja. Well, right. Well, I like ninjas, so no, they, no, that's they just turn up. <laughs> but you can't story. play a ninja. Well, that's what monks are for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. But anyway... The, the ninja cleric. The, the point is, it's at the start of the game, I will say, look, we're not building in this yeah. backstab juice, yeah. right? That's not where we're going. But if you if you have in character interactions during yeah. the game, and your character is like, I can't believe you did that, like, yeah, yeah right. there will be in character actions result in in character consequences, yep. and then the gloves are off. And by all means, but let's as a group agree that that's probably going to be less fun <laughs> than. I don't know if it's oh, necessarily. I, I mean, not it depends. Fun. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think it depends. it depends on what. And there's kind a lot of, fun. of people that. Yeah. I mean, I, now if you got people that, that are going to take it personally, or uh, uh, I can see it could, could be a, a very uncomfortable I, situation. I, I just I haven't ever seen it gone well, and that's maybe just my microcosm. I think, but it, I think a lot of it depends on your players. Have you have you listened to the moat game? I haven't, and I've heard that that's gone Scully, very well. And Tim Tim yeah. Huntley was playing Scully. Who was doing? He all he was doing. Well, I, I won't say what he was doing, but he would do things that would make things incredibly complicated for a couple of the other characters. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Samantha was playing one of the characters who was getting kind of screwed with. She's like, "I'm gonna kill him." And Tim's sitting right next to him. Mm-hmm. It's not about Tim. Yeah, it's yeah. about Scully. Yeah, it's, yeah. <clears throat> it's largely about the players. I right. haven't been in a situation where that went well. So that's that's just my. Um, is that maybe from the early your early days maybe. of gaming? Yeah, probably. I, I'm thinking of our of the vampire game that Gene and I played in, where you know we had a lot of we didn't have player versus player violence until the very last act of the of the game. Right. Um, there was a there's a lot. I mean, it's but there was a lot, a lot of, of competing, competing, ag- and, and there was tension. And, oh yeah. yeah, tension all day. That's yeah. great. That's well, but real. I, I had Kimmy's character had to punch Stork's character because <laughs> she was prince of the island and he wasn't paying attention. And after that, yeah. he's like, "Okay, I, I respect will, you. I will now pay attention." <laughs> yeah. Yes, ma'am. You're, you're the alpha. You, I am you, on that. Exactly. I will shut yeah. the f up. Uh, <laughs> if that's what has to happen, then yeah. that's that's the story point. Yeah. I think I think what um, what I. Like the worst case scenario of this kind of stuff is like, okay, well, I'm gonna, they're, they're all asleep. Okay, well, I'm gonna sneak over and, and steal that stuff out of his bag. Like, oh, oh but okay, you're on the <laughs> same team. Okay. And oh, and then I'm gonna slit his throat. Like, what? We, um, what? I've, had, and I've I had characters in, in my old GURPS fantasy game, which ran in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. I had characters kill other player characters. Yeah. And they, they, they there was, a, I've told this story many times. Sorry, but there was a, a a player who was playing a mage, very powerful mage, who was like paranoid and delusional. Oh no! <laughs> and he w- would think he he was obsessed with demons, and that demons were were uh, possessing people. Mm. And it had happened where he had accused one of the players in a very Tense combat situation where they're fighting something really scary, accused one of the other player characters of being possessed, and the other other player character. It was all in character, but mm-hmm. the other players are like, "When's it going to be me?" 
And so they set up a situation and they assassinated him (laughs) in game. And he came back with another character who was not a paranoid. Uh, yeah, <laughs> delusional. Gene um, and I were playing a Pathfinder game where we didn't quit the game, or I yeah, mean, he may have gotten a little miffed. I don't know, he might well, have, but you know. he did. He it didn't leave a rage yeah. quit or anything. Like that. He mm. came back and came played a different character. He didn't play that same character again. Gene um, <laughs> yeah. and I learned, were, hopefully. Gene right. yeah. and I were playing a Pathfinder game, and one of the other characters was a rogue, and oh. went down in a in yeah. a, a pit. And was searching a body, and the rest of us were all standing up there watching him. I mean, he's watching him. He says, and he said to the GM, he said, "I'm going to steal half the loot and you know pocket it." And I looked at the GM. I said, "Notice check." And he, yeah. the GM said, uh, "Yeah." And I yeah. rolled, and I Notice got notice versus stealth. That's, yeah, and yeah. I got like a twenty-four because mm. <laughs> you know on my on my notice roll, I, and I, so I see him. And as soon as he gets back up, I I turn to one of their characters and said, "Search him." Yeah. Don't 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 hit the player. Yeah, hate the game. <laughs> a, a rogue's a rogue's got to be a rogue. Sure, yeah. No. It's like if the rogue rides on your back across the river and stings right. you, and he's going to sting all you. your loot. It's because he's a rogue. Right. You it's best just not to allow them in yes. the game. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Oh my god, the fourth edition D anD D game with rogues and their sidebars. <laughs> Well, Talk you, about sidebars going wrong. Because you yeah. had you had a rogue. That was the game you had the rogue that wa- that stole all the stuff from the, all the peoples, right? So there was a lot of. Yeah, don't blame the game system. Blame no. the player, right? <laughs> yeah, those, that's a character choice. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Are we? Are we done? Yeah. I think so. I think so. I think so. Well, Good I'm gonna, letters. I want to end this. Thank you for joining us for Season 19, Episode 19 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Stork. Nope. Nope, it's Gina. <laughs> send your I'm letters to. Nope. Yeah, send your letters to. I'm Jim. <laughs> I'm Jason, definitely not Stork. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week, 8 yeah. p.m. Pacific time, right here, Happy Jack's RPG slash live. Yeah. Sunday, we have Mo- uh, Mode of Sin. Mode of Sin. 20, 31 or something. 31. And then on Monday, we've Mask. got Masks. Mask. And that's it right now We're going to have a new game coming up I won't say anything about it yet Uh, And that's it We'll see you in September September 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th At Fujijicon GameX Gateway 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 2017 Also, if you're going to be at Gen Con I'll tweet you Let me know if you're going to be there Go to the forum Happy text over slash forum Thank you very much We'll leave the song Bye Have a good one
how the crowds they part at the smelling of my fart. Media Empire. Number.